Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. On your TVs. Don't forget, you can uh, podcast Stitcher SoundCloud, Spotify, commercial free if you want to go ahead and uh, become a subscriber at rockoftalk.news. And don't forget our free app, my free app, rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Often imitated, never duplicated. And uh, here in the Kiva with a week away before we elect Mark Ronchetti. Now, before we do, I made a prediction that's going to happen. Uh, more than likely, but based upon where everything's at, it's going to be so unbelievable. They've gaslit you. This is Trump 2016 all over again, and they're going to basically contend that, uh, you know, we've got to go ahead and recount the votes because it's going to come that close. Every vote counts. Every single vote counts. A week away, make sure you guys are out. If you're early voting by Saturday, if not show up that voting day, Make sure you are there to change the state. We've worked too hard. I've worked too hard. You've worked too hard. We have decided to stay here, call this place our home. We're not going to be driven from it. And you are going to get Mark Ronchetti elected. We're going to start changing the tide here in this state. And that is what is going to happen. So uh, I put that uh, out there for everybody who's a subscriber at rockoftalk.news. Five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, or 16 cents a day for 1,600 with all the notes. So you'll be ahead of time. Got some big, important changes for the new year that uh, I have set into motion already. So uh, Rudy and everybody is totally unaware of what is exactly going to be happening here. But it's going to be quite exciting. And uh, you're going to appreciate me, let's just put it this way, twice as much, uh, but in a much different fashion. So I'm looking forward to talking about all of that. So keep your uh, November surprise at what is it no shave November for some people I don't know what uh, everywhere you see these hipsters carrying their beards and you know I've never seen a weaker group of people I'm afraid for the next generation not my son's generation but the next generation they're lazy they're entitled and many of them are liberal and they're dependent upon the government and that's the generation that we are battling against in this election they are the people who are motivated to go ahead and keep things as they are They're raised by grandparents who are the greatest generation and us in the sandwich generation, you Gen Xers that are here, you should fear the Gen Y and these woke crowd who have come up with new policies about enabling everything and understanding everything. And we are going to talk about racism today, a week ahead of time. And just in time, I know that you guys love talking about this, especially with uh, me at the helm with all the things that I do. And uh, Clarence Thomas is uh, 30, happy 32nd, uh, he's into his 32nd year here. Back on November 1st of 1991, Clarence Thomas took his place as the newest justice on the Supreme Court. We are going to be talking about race today, folks. 60 days left in uh, 2023, and uh, this is going to be a jam-packed show full of a lot of fun. And uh, I will take your calls uh, during the third hour. Uh, On the docket uh, for today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off with Ron Ketty. He has the momentum and will close this deal out. Expect a recount. You saw the... I told you to keep the faith. You saw the updated poll that came out yesterday. 
Uh, we will not mention the third candidate. Uh, it should be stated that the candidate who is running as a libertarian in Republican uh, Arizona decided to go ahead and drop out today and enjoy and endorse Blake Masters. Boy, if we could only get the same type of cooperation and teamwork from the libertarians in the state of New Mexico, but that will not happen. It didn't happen here within my studio. It's certainly not going to happen out there, folks. They love to hate us. This is the last bastion for the liberals, and Joe Biden is here going to ruin it within the next 48 hours for Michelle Lujan Grisham. Mark my words. Biden visit will hurt Governor Lujan Grisham. George Floyd died of fentanyl. I'm going to give you the uh, medical re relatable report and how it happened and why, and that's what you're going to continue to say. Uh, government knows your passwords. We're going to talk about the censorship and the first amendment uh why it no longer exists why now they're going to go ahead and attack elon musk and it's nice that it's all consolidated within one person because he's going to take the fight to him the richest pissed person in the world and um being forced to buy twitter may not be such a bad thing for elon musk and at some point you my friend will be called a racist uh 550 5500 that's 550 5500 first for the emerson poll results today's poll question it is an astounding seven to, let's see, 100% of you are answering in the affirmative. This is the latest poll. Please answer yes or no whether Mark Ronchetti will win the governorship next, next Tuesday. 100% of you, and there's a lot of you have voted, have said yes. Now, let me drill down on these numbers, and let me tell you why it's going to happen. Read them and weep, Joe Monahan. You better pay attention because it's going to happen. We're sneaking up on her, and it seems to be out front because none of you can find people who actually like this governor. What is your party's registration? 435 Democrat, 308 Republican, and 257 Independent or other. This whole entire thing is about the independents. Mark Ronchetti has done a tremendous job of running as an independent Republican, in my opinion. I think that is a very, very smart move. That gives you 43.5% Democrats, 30.8% Republicans, 25.7% independent or other. That's 100% that is reflective of the registration. How likely you're a vote to in the 2022 midterm elections? This was 100%. Seven, 729 of these people who were surveyed are very likely going to vote. 271 of them have already voted. High vote turnout already high level of participation. If the election were held today, would you vote for it at this time? 487 of those people said Democrat Michelle Lujan Grisham. 460 said Republican Mark Ronchetti. There is somebody else or undecided at 38 and 15 people, unfortunately for Karen Bedoni. Our job is to crush out and steam out those last 15 people to make sure that they vote for Mark Ronchetti. And if you wanna see where people are leaning, they're leaning two to one to Mark Ronchetti, okay? Two to one. So if he takes two to one of every one of those votes, okay? Although you're undecided, which candidate are you leaning towards? 20 of those 34 going towards Mark Ronchetti. Nine of them going to Michelle Lujan Grisham. Five of them going to Karen Bedoni. Our job is to crush out those five people to prevent them from voting Karen Bedoni. Well, whoever's voting for Michelle Lujan Grisham is voting for Michelle Lujan Grisham, but we're two to one over Michelle Lujan Grisham and Joe Biden stepping in at this point is not going to help. OK, so all of these are very positive signs in the breakout on the Emerson poll. No one is breaking out the information quite like this. OK, this is important. This is an important poll. It's the final poll 
of the season. And it happened post Sanderhoff. Okay. He's had the cabal on information in this marketplace for far too long, dictating and creating the expectation as to how every single election with confirmation bias is going to come out. And finally, in the final breakout question here for all of you here today, regardless of who you are supporting, which candidate do you expect to win the election for governor? This is the biggest takeaway. This is the expectation. Even in the people who are voting for Michelle Lujan Grisham, out of 100, 1,417 of those people expect Mark Ronchetti win. By this time next week, the expectation should be 50-50. 583 Democrat Michelle Lujan Grisham. Folks, we're right there. If you can create the expectation, we can fulfill that expectation. That is what's going to happen. So go ahead and vote directly at rockoftalk.news. Click on the top. The latest polls, please answer yes or no whether or not Mark will win the governorship next Tuesday. Back after a three-minute timeout here in the Kiva. Please, please, please. Hot Tubs, uh, James Brown, and the famous Flames back on this day in 55, 55, James Brown recorded that song at a radio station in Macon, Georgia, where uh, our Supreme Court justice, our most, the man who runs the Supreme Court, that would be SCOTUS, Clarence, Clarence Thomas, a uh, bad reference out of True Romance. I finally understood it because of the reference uh, yesterday and then today. Uh, you know, talks about Alabama Whirly and Clarence, and you can just see how incredibly racist uh, there's a, a word that comes out of Gary Oldham's mouth as he's referencing the name Clarence as Clarence comes to visit them. And uh, I just want you to pay attention to the little uh, things that are out there that I pay attention to. So there it is. I've told you how it's going to go down. That will be down for a recount, down for a count, down for a recount. And that's the way that it is going to go. So be prepared, rockoftalk.news, if you want uh, that report. Joe Biden coming to town. So the question for all of you is, will Trump hurt Ron Ketty more with his endorsement yesterday, or will Biden and Harris hurt Michelle Lujan Grisham more? Um, pretty easy for me to go ahead and, and answer. There's no doubt it's going to be Biden and Harris. Now, Harris has already shown up, all right? Remember, she had that extra marital affair uh, with Willie Brown, who's 84, I had no idea all these things went on with uh, Willie Brown. In fact, he admitted to it, Fox News. He says, yes, we did it. It was more than 20 years ago. I may have influenced her career. You know, Heels Up Harris uh, was here in town. You know, she has never actually birthed a baby, uh, had a child. Um, but she is all about advocating for this, what did she call it? The sanctuary state, sanctuary for illegals. Sanctuary for late uh, third trimester abortions, all right here. Questions about the relationship began after she announced her 2020 presidential bid. During his two terms as San Francisco, Brown was known for his charm, arrogance, ego, according to a profile People magazine. Back at 84, he was named by Playgirl. <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> as uh, world's sexiest, uh, 10 sexiest men. They broke up in 95. He uh, fathered a child out of wedlock in uh, 2001. And Bob's your uncle. Uh, normally, that's going to 
take you places that you ain't never been. Heels Up Paris certainly uh, did that. They're probably having a lot of uh, please, please, please going on with uh, James Brown at the time. And now let's just go ahead and exit stage left. Uh, Harris, who came in with the entourage, uh, trying to look respectable. And how can you when you have that type of auspicious start uh, to your uh, political career? And let's uh, focus forward. Will Trump hurt Ron Ketty more? Uh, that's a negative because the very things that they tried to accuse Donald Trump of are things that Kamala Harris had already done. So the White House speaker, uh, I doubt she should be called a speaker, the spokesperson uh, for Joe Biden. She doesn't do a very good job of speaking uh, very well, and she loses herself uh, oftentimes. Uh, she cannot... Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, she's very famously a lesbian, can't name a single swing state Democrat who wants Biden to campaign with her, with him, excuse me. Uh, take a listen, uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Last month, he's okay. giving a speech tomorrow in D.C. He's given fundraisers in New Jersey and New York. He campaigned with Democratic governor candidates in Massachusetts and Maryland, and then he was in California, Oregon, and Colorado next week. Yes, he has plans to be in Pennsylvania and Florida, but behind closed doors, with two of the Democratic candidates. There's a White House Office of Political Affairs, and they've been getting phone calls from candidates in some of those other states, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, to say, we'd love to have the president come. Look, I don't have any calls to read out. We don't have any calls or personal conversations to read out. All right, so no calls, no personal conversations. We got no visits from any other states. What's Joe doing? Why is Joe going to the bluest of blue states and Florida? right? Broward County and those types of places. They're trying to hide Joe. And according to uh, publications from across the pond, it's a good strategy, right? Uh, now, as Ohio goes, so goes the nation. All right. We know the battle between J.D. Vance and uh, Tim Ryan. Here's Tim Ryan reacting. Now, remember, Ohio has gone for Trump the last two elections. So because of that, uh, uh, let's see how Tim, who's trying to go for the Senate, uh, feels about Joe Biden coming to his state in a quote unquote swing state. Do you want President Biden to come to Ohio and publicly campaign with you in this final lap? No, no, I won't be asking the president to come in or um, very, very few, if any, national people, um, you know, to come in and actually campaign with us um, because I, I want to be the main face, the main messenger uh, of, the, of this campaign. I grew up in Ohio. I'm Ohio in my bones. My wife is from just outside the young. All right, so you don't want the president who holds the highest office in the country and you don't want Kamala Harris in your swing state that both times went for Donald Trump the last two times. You don't want Joe Biden showing up there. I mean, you, you got... You got you got Trump on the ropes, don't you, Ryan? Uh, well, apparently, according to the Guardian, you've got the uh, article there at rockoftalk.news, the president acknowledged Americans struggle to cope with high inflation while touting the progress his, administra his administration has had toward a post-pandemic recovery. Well, it's uh, not good because Biden's going to swing through a number of states. None, by the way, I should say not a one, is he going into unfriendly territory? Let's go through it, shall we? Pennsylvania, New Mexico, California, and Maryland to stump for Democrat candidates. He's going to have a negligible effect. The impact here is to set up the media 4713 for a pre voting day parade for next week to make it feel as if Michelle Lujan Grisham 
has some sort of momentum, which she clearly does not. This doesn't sound like momentum. This smells like desperation. After all, Michelle Lujan Grisham's very upset that she got passed over for the Department of Health job in the Biden administration. Let's not also forget that the people who have all worked for Michelle Lujan Grisham all hate her guts, including a, a former a homosexual or a homosexual guy uh, in James Hallinan, who she basically sexually assaulted at a party in front of everybody, okay? So we'll add that one uh, to the mix, and that'll be 29 people who have all worked for her. Not only do we not want to be ruled by her here in this uh, communist bastion known as New Mexico, but we, but the people around her don't want to be run by her. So you bring in Joe Biden. I posted some funny photos there at rockoftalk.news. Biden is coming in, and according to The Guardian, it says his low profile is part of a concerted strategy Designed for an unpopular president in a challenging year. This is across the pond. Larry Sabato with the crystal ball said to the extent he's less visible and maybe invisible is a plus for Democrats because it lets the candidates run their own campaigns on their own issues. Ergo, Tim, Tim Ryan. And uh, he has a very difficult time up on stage. Who's going to help him? Who's going to handle him? According to Karine Jean-Pierre, she told reporters, when the president speaks, he has a large bully pulpit, and he has been able in the past several weeks to set that national conversation. Nothing could be more hollow than that because CNN, MSNBC, everybody's doing their very best to go ahead and replace anything that he's saying, and they're on all the time. Why are they on all the time? Because they don't want to let the president step all over themselves not just on the issues, but just getting out words. Joe Biden, no joke, headed to Florida to campaign for Democrats on what account and for what reason. He can't pull anything out. CNN, NBC, M NBC MSNBC question Obama's last-minute campaign efforts because Joe Biden can't be out there. I have to ask you, after Obama gave his endorsement last week, but isn't coming here to New Mexico, did Obama also pass over Michelle Lujan Grisham? And that is quite likely what has happened. Because Obama needs the momentum for 24. He needs Michelle to run for president of the United States. Notice in any top 20 mention, there isn't one mention of Michelle, which is how you know that she is running in 2024 against Donald Trump. Okay? CNN's Scott Jennings joked that they got amazing results when Obama was involved in 2010 and 2014. What do we know about both of those midterms? They got slaughtered. I think the fact that he's out there tells you what we know about the election is that Joe Biden can't be out there. So this is the only person that they can put out there and Barack Obama. Barack Obama passed over Michelle Lujan Grisham, folks. And they're getting second tier, second place Joe Biden to come in on a Thursday to quasi create momentum. He continues, Democrats have bet everything on abortion, absolutely everything with nine days to go. It's Social Security, it's Medicare, it's fear. And finally, it's made a huge mess in the Democrat Party. And what are you going to do to clean it up? It's too late. It's not going to work. They're leading the lambs of the liberals in the Democrat Party to slaughter. Tomorrow, I interview Newt Gingrich. I will be airing that uh, during the 
top of the five o'clock hour. So I'm very excited about that. 1994 was a big win, as you know, for the Republicans. It's a repeat of 2010 and likely to be a repeat of 2022. Back after a quick break. Tell me that you love me, baby. Tell me you understand. Tell me that you love me, baby. Tell me you understand. 434 here in the Kiva. Rolling Stones released that back in British, 1963. On this day, looking back in history, so many things. And always uh, uh, bringing in the harmony that is the world of events and history and the blink of an eye, right? And the span of time. This is but a blip, right? It is but a blip, and uh, it is also important to us today. So gain some perspective and realize that regardless of what happens next week, whatever, wherever you're at, we're all in this together. We're all trying to improve our state. It just seems like some people are trying to improve our state more than others, right? I think uh, we can all agree uh, on that. Uh, So there you go. Also on this date in history, put that out there, in 1765, 200 or 198 years before that song came out, by the British Parliament, they passed the Stamp Act that went into effect, prompting all of us resistance or resistance from the American uh, colonists. Let's continue here with uh, the bumbling Joe Biden. Um, so he's trying to get out there. He can't communicate very well, doesn't know where he's at on stage, is bad on the issues, has less than 40%. Uh, Obama's been brought out instead of the president. Obama didn't do very well in 2010 and 2014. And then you compound it with the fact that he's being brought to safe blue states like Maryland, Pennsylvania, uh, places where, you know, Joe can't do that damage, that much damage, but he finds himself to be useful. If you got our week in review, you know how his calendar goes and you can look at that, right? You know, it's sort of like he's the, the, the Fetterman of the Democrat party across the country. Uh, Fetterman just, uh, Bumbling his way, losing the latest poll. It looks like Oz is going to get elected there if they don't cheat. I'm still holding fast to 227, 208 in the House. That's my call. In the Senate, I'm still going to stick with 5248. If they don't cheat, it'll be 5446. But uh, with cheating, uh, 5248, I feel pretty good about uh, those numbers, as do a lot of other people. So we will have the House, we will have the Senate provided there's no cheating by you Democrats uh, out there. So Biden's heading to Florida to underline the contrast between Democrat and Republican agendas. Uh, He's headed over to talk about Social Security and Medicare. You know, the retirement communities, places uh, where, you know, he can't um, (laughs) indiscriminately touch uh, women who might be offended by him. Like most of these women probably don't have nerves in certain parts of their bodies anymore. So they have no idea whether or not Joe's touching them inappropriately. His trip today includes a taxpayer-funded remarks on Hallandale Beach. Just look at the demos there. For the White House, that he would highlight Republicans' very different vision for America. Also on his schedule, our fundraiser for Florida gubernatorial candidate Charlie Crist, who's absolutely getting his ass handed to him for the states of the Democratic Party, including Senate candidate uh, Val Demings. That's what is going on in Joe's world. Um, by the way, you are hearing what's going on in Joe's world. Joe does not know what's going on in his world. Uh, Democrats are trailing in the Senate and the gubernatorial races. 
In the Senate, Rubio is expected. His uh, latest polls have him up three. Uh, Val has raised an incredible amount of money, Val Demings has, uh, but she will not overtake, according to all the polls. And it's pretty safe. Uh, it's it's lean uh, R in terms of its ranking, but it's pretty safe R, I think, because of DeSantis in the gubernatorial race, who looks to win by seven to eight points minimally. It could be as high as 10. Uh, we want that to be in the double digits, particularly because he has a huge account. And should he have to run for president of the United States, uh, we want to make sure that uh, his strong showing in Florida will prevent him from having to fight for his own state uh, if he is there in 24. Allies of Biden say it exemplifies the president's efforts to go where he can be helpful. He is of no help anywhere, but also drive a message that vulnerable Democrats can amplify nationwide. Uh, who's vulnerable? Well, according to the polls, the latest polls, that would be one governor, former DGA head, and Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, Biden has avoided appearing with some Democrats in the most battled candidate uh, states, including Georgia. He's not helping Warnock. That's where they sent Obama. Mark Kelly, you saw the libertarian jumping behind the Republican today, and Blake Masters, who has been outraised by Mark Kelly and those uh, devilish Democrats, six to one, folks, six to one. That's an incredible number, okay? And Masters looks like he could pull it off. He's also going to be campaigning uh, here on Thursday, California Friday, and Pennsylvania Saturday. Safe, 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 and safe. And, of course, Maryland, as I mentioned before. So. The White House said Biden would emphasize other GOP proposals that affect older Americans. It's golden after the older vote, right? Medicare's ability to negotiate drug prices with manufacturers, 2,000-year cap on out-of-pocket drug costs, uh, none of the things that anybody is really talking about. However, health care is number four on the priorities and the issues. So the Albuquerque Journal is, is doing its uh, uh, best to go ahead and talk about Joe Biden, but they're not doing it every day. Notice there's not a whole lot of ramp up by four, seven, and 13 to really amplify uh, Joe Biden. In fact, they're talking more about Donald Trump's, they're talking more about Donald Trump's endorsement of Mark Ronchetti than they are talking about Joe Biden's visit to New Mexico. I'll take a couple of excerpts from the Albuquerque Journal write-up uh, three days ago. They're not talking about it every single day. White House said that Biden would be visiting New Mexico while the exact time and location of the Albuquerque event have not yet been released, and they won't be. Don't worry about it. I've been looking in the AP and I'm invited. I am welcome to go ahead and be part of that contingent, but I will not be. And I urge all of you to not make the effort to go to Joe Biden. Don't give him any more attention, any more people than he needs. Ignore him altogether. President's visit comes in a final stanza of the expensive and closely watched election cycle featuring our governor and Mark Ronchetti. Democrats are hoping to oust incumbent Yvette Harrell as well. Not going to happen. You saw the stuff that came out yesterday, despite what the Albuquerque Journal is saying. That poll, you can throw that one out. The latest one coming out has Yvette Harrell up, not just a Trafalgar, but the latest poll that's coming out here uh, as well, uh, which is the Emerson poll. And I should touch upon that, uh, if only for a moment, so I can uh, reference that. So let me go to that that poll. Uh, Rudy, I don't think that you have seen that poll. So let me go to uh, all of uh, everything. I think most people haven't seen that poll, um, which we need the details. 54% plan to vote for Yvette Harrell, while 41% plan to vote for Democrat Gabriel Vasquez. That's a 13% different. Are you just going to throw that out, Joe Monahan? Are you just going to throw that out, all analysts? Like, that is such an advantage for Yvette Harrell. 
from that Emerson poll, okay, which is more accurate than what the polls that they're they're using for their confirmation bias here in the state of New Mexico. So the second congressional district, despite the new cutting up, will go to Yvette Harrell. Okay, undecided voter support. Harold's support remains at 54% in the undecideds, and Vasquez goes to 44%. So there you go. Uh, here's the big spread in the 3rd Congressional District, 53-40. That sounds about right. And then uh, here's what's really interesting. So it's the 1st Congressional District. If if Michelle Garcia-Holmes gets elected, uh, she can thank me and she can thank Mark Ronchetti, okay? Because here here's, here's the numbers. <laughs> Men are tied between Democrats and Republicans, 47 and 46% Garcia Holmes. 53% of women support Stanbury, 36% for Holmes. In addition, Hispanic voters are split between Holmes and Stanbury, 49% and 44% uh, for Holmes. So when you look at the um when you look at the the first congressional district, Michelle Garcia Holmes is within six points on that one as well. Can she close that gap uh, in time? She doesn't have the money and she doesn't have the visibility as far as media. Would love to see her because uh, I'd hate to see Stansbury go back, but uh, that's mostly what it looks like it's going to be. Mark has helped everybody up and down the ticket. There's no question about it, okay? The strength of his campaign, his media uh, outlet uh, that he's been created, and that's really what it's been because the ground game has been pretty much non-existent. And I would probably say that's to his benefit in this particular race. We had a good ground gain for what we were doing, but I'm going to say it's to his benefit because this is uh, one of those that needed to be fought in the air. He's doing his bus tours around the state and that's good. But uh, by and large, the ground game knocking and walking indoors at places, as long as he continues to get the media impact that he's been getting, and I think that it's, it could be said, even though they tried to discount it, Donald Trump's recommendation for Mark Ronchetti takes, in my opinion, what's left of the third tier of the third candidate, who is a former Republican who saw loser laws. Uh, didn't do. Uh, do yourself a favor, girl, from uh, Mexican Springs. Um, get yourself an Arby sandwich, throw in the towel, and decide to endorse Mark Ronchetti if you want to have any political future uh, in this state. Uh, I will just tell you that. And you know who I'm speaking to and what I'm speaking about, of course. All right. So we'll leave it right there as far as the election is concerned and Joe Biden coming in. It's a big week for you in Mexico. Uh, we're going to talk about race. We're going to talk about Gabe Vasquez and his defund the police and him amplifying uh, the racist agenda of the Democrats. Okay. Uh, Democrats don't have a record when it comes to crime. They don't have a record uh, on defunding the police, but somehow they're going to continue to say that they did not support defund the police. We, of course, know that they did exactly that. So we'll pick that up when we return in three minutes on AM 1600 KIV, and rockoftalk.com. Dave Clark 5, Ed Sullivan Show. This day back in 64, a lot of 60s here. Uh, it's just because uh, that's what we are going back to, is always covering the music as we do here on the Rock of Talk on this day back in 36, uh, began the Axis powers. 
Benito Mussolini described the alliance between his country and Nazi Germany and the axis running between Rome and Berlin. Click on the link, rockoftalk.news. You'll see it right there. And it talked about all the various countries that became part of the axis power, uh, aside from the original three, which is Japan, Italy, and of course, Germany, and the pressure that they put on and how it all came crumbling down when the walls came crumbling down. And we'll talk about the walls a little bit later in the uh, broadcast. Okay, so. George Fentanyl died of, uh, George Fentanyl, George Floyd. <laughs> wow, what a slip. Yes, George Fentanyl. Uh, George Floyd died of, 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 of a fentanyl overdose, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you how this happened. And there is a link to it, which you can find directly from the National Library of Medicine, the National Center for Biotechnology Information, okay? And this all has to do with uh, respiratory arrest after low dose fentanyls and these were case reports and studies that were done far be far before uh anything happened with george floyd okay and they they talk about in this particular case and then we're going to expand this so you can actually see uh how low the dose has to be to cause respiratory failure okay 31 year old man and and it's very important with Alcohol. You have to have alcohol inside your system. 31-year-old man with facial trauma brought to the university. Okay. He reported that while working as security guard 30 minutes prior, he was assaulted, struck in the left face with a monkey wrench. Okay. The patient appeared awake, alert, somewhat anxious, with normal vital signs on examination. He had, uh, I don't know, different things that were happening, lacerations of the eyelid, uh, things that were happening to him. An IV line established to administer the opioid fentanyl. Okay. What happened to him was the rapid onset, short duration, and titratability. I don't know what that word is, but essentially it created this respiratory failure of him. They tried to resuscitate him. Within two minutes, those respirations resumed. During his resuscitation, his chest appeared normal while being ventilated. Oxygen saturated remained above 90%, as anybody who's ever been uh, vented blood alcohol level is reported to be 144 milligrams and a toxicological screen performed uh, urine was reported negative for opioids benzodiazepines and barbiturates so he had nothing else only fentanyl only alcohol okay now he passed fentanyl in and of itself doesn't reliably produce sedation or unconsciousness it causes a dose-dependent effect on ventilation by decreasing the responsiveness to stimulatory effects of carbon dioxide, which you need. Test wall, glottic rigidity, love these words, have been reported in high-dose fentanyl, resulting in inability to ventilate the patient at all. Okay? Respiratory arrest associated with intravenous fentanyl use during labor has also been reported, but in a very, very slim margin. Okay? I'm going to give you another example of this. Okay? Potential for fentanyl to cause respiratory arrest received international attention after 118 Russian hostages and 51 Chechen terrorists were killed by aerosolized agent alleged to be fentanyl during a rescue in a Moscow theater in October of 2002. I want you to go back to the movie The Rock. You remember the VX, the agent that was released and the man died and it was, psh, think of it like that because that's what image came to my mind, okay? What, 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 what came in as I'm reading this. Respiratory arrest occurred only 50 UG of fentanyl. 
Initial dose well within the range, typically used in emergency care settings, as listed above, as I just listed. It represents the least amount of the drug that was documented to have caused respiratory arrest, but it caused it in over 168 people, folks. And it was aerosolized. So this could be weaponized. You might want to think just VX or uh, the, the drug sarin in, in the Japanese train that killed nine. The patient's blood alcohol level was likely to have been a contributing factor. The complete reversal of the respiratory arrest shortly after naloxone, uh, naloxone, I hope I got that right, administration further supports the diagnosis of fentanyl-induced respiratory arrest. A critical aspect of this case is the small dose of fentanyl that caused respiratory arrest in the patient. This serves to remind emergency physicians of the importance of titrating fentanyl in doses of 0.5, as I listed before, in emergency patients. It also illustrates the importance of being prepared to provide respiratory support and naloxone reversal in any patient receiving fentanyl. He did not receive that on site. He didn't die of the knee to George Floyd. George Floyd of fentanyl didn't die with the knee to his neck with the restriction. Okay. He died because he didn't receive naloxone because he had alcohol in his system. According to the American Society of Anesthesiologists, they develop a guideline intended to the provision of sedation and analgesia by non-anesthesiologists. It reports mandates, and it mandates for those people. Strict interactive mechanical monitoring throughout the procedure preclude potential consequences. In conclusion, this report should be administered with caution in the patient if, even if they're called something called subtherapeutic, can cause respiratory arrest in patients with unsuspected mild alcohol intoxication. Fentanyl was a contributing factor because alcohol was also in his system in addition to methamphetamine. That is what's killed George Floyd, okay? You won't see that. Page upon page upon page upon page is about a police officer who killed George Floyd or four police officers that killed George Floyd. Now, why am I bringing this up when it comes to race? Because that is the genesis, if you will, back to going to 2014 and the start of BLM in 2013 and the, the killing of, uh, I can't think of the guy's name anymore because it doesn't matter to me and it shouldn't matter to you, okay? But this is what they're all about because they're trying to sort of <clears throat> decriminalize the criminal. I mean, after all, this is a man with seven funerals and crime is rampant across the country but we can never blame the criminal the victims of course are the criminals themselves who perpetuate you know these things and never had a choice in the matter didn't know any different like we've given every single excuse right up to the point where the man spends 20 bucks for whatever a banana has four officers on him has so much fentanyl the officers didn't even know to administer naloxone and he had alcohol and everything else in the system George Floyd killed himself, period, the end. So we're going to talk about crime next hour because we're going to bring it back home because that's exactly what Gabe Vasquez is trying to run in my district. Yes, it's all the way up here in Albuquerque. Now let's just, let, let's, let's just uh, the denial that's not just a river in Egypt anymore. Let's continue because Kirsten Power, formerly of Fox News, stating Democrats have a pretty good record on crime. The Democratic Party didn't support defund the police. The genesis of defund the police was the death of George Floyd. That's where this all came from.
It started with Colin Kaepernick, ascended with the death of George Floyd, and then turned into this attempt to go ahead and oust Donald Trump and get Donald Trump out and don't look at the votes. We're, we're well within our rights to do this. They are trying to justify their criminality, not just at the booths, not just in society, but right there in front of you on TV. Crime the border. I want to circle crime yeah. um, because I just before I came on was looking at Gallup polling and the economy is still the issue that is driving. Most people say that's the most important factor. But second is crime. And I'll tell you, in June, Gallup didn't even ask about crime. That, that's the, which speaks to it's sort of the dark horse issue. And now, look, Republicans look very Republican strategists look very smart. They have been spending tens of millions of dollars on ads on crime for months now. Uh, defund the police, ending cash bail. I was watching the Georgia set, uh, governor debate last night. I know I'm a little nerdy. I was watching the Georgia governor debate, and Brian Kemp used that against Stacey Abrams in a in a governor's race, right? Which is a little odd, but um, that issue. Uh, People are worried. Local crime, people are more concerned about local crime than they've been in 50 years of it Gallup matters. polling. And I just think we talk about the economy. The economy matters. Abortion clearly matters for the Democratic base. You know, I'm not trying to discount that. But circle crime and notice how many crime ads are being run uh, in your local congressional district, Senate race, governor's race. I think that's really important. Fear works. I mean, have Democrats done enough to well, combat? Fear works. So we'll pick it up there. That's what they're attempting to go ahead and run on. But let's not forget that George Floyd himself is responsible for more of the crime due to the defund the police and the constant excuses pushed forward to excuse the criminality in any society, Albuquerque, around the country, and any blue city. Back after the top of the hour. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday, The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk, on AM 1600 KIV, Hour two coming at you from the ABQ on Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Apple TV, podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Audible. Don't forget, you can download my free apps at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, banner month, uh, nearly two terabytes. And just listening online, nearly three terabytes of listening on or watching on video. Uh, please download those and become a subscriber for five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, or 16 cents a day for 1600. You get all the links, all the information at a time uh, before the show at rockoftalk.news. Uh, that's rockoftalk.news. It's a vertically integrated show, complete uh, uniting all aspects of everything so that you're armed, equipped, and you can get your stuff out on Twitter if you like or wherever you'd like it. Uh, I'm not a big Twitter guy, but, uh, hey, I'm glad that Elon Musk is in charge of it, uh, and at least you can have somewhat of a little bit free speech. We'll cover a little bit of that, but let's get to race and let's continue. As I just told you, sort of wrapping the first hour, Joe Biden coming to town, that's not going to help. I told you why. He's hitting nothing but blue states. Tim Ryan, as Ohio goes, so goes the rest of the country. Uh, Tim Ryan doesn't want him uh, <laughs> coming to Ohio. I mean, this is going to be a low-impact visit by the president, uh, but the local media, you know, it doesn't matter if it's uh, 7, 13, or 4, they're all going to amplify and play it up because they got to do their level best to go ahead and help the governor continue her 
crusade with misinformation against the people of New Mexico, and that's what she's done. Thankfully, Mark Ronchetti, a 100% of you in our poll question for today, all believe that Mark Ronchetti is going to win. I gave you the reasons why. Uh, absolutely fantastic uh, 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 results coming out of the Emerson, the latest and final poll that's coming out. Of the party registration, 435 Democrats, 308 Republicans, 257 Independents, 1,000 people answering in all. How likely are you to vote with 100%? Uh, looks like 27.1% of you have already voted and 72.9% remain to vote. If the election of governor were held today, who would you vote for at this time? 460 for Mark Ronchetti, 487 for Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, we got to crush those 15 left over that are uh, going for uh, Libertarian Karen Bedoni and then the four for somebody else. One undecided, 34, and of the undecided, uh, two-thirds of them are leaning towards Mark Ronchetti. Uh, that's what a positive campaign, one that runs on the issue and one that wins the debates, which is what, oh, you guys want to poo-poo the fact that uh, what he does for a living. The man absolutely decimated a lesser opponent in Michelle Lujan Grisham on the debate stage, not once, but twice. And if you haven't had a chance to win and you're trying to convince somebody else, you know, you can go to Channel 4 and Channel 7 for the replay on those debates. Those should be replayed and often. And finally, regardless of who you're supporting, and here's the biggest confidence builder, which candidate do you expect to win the governor, uh, the election for governor? 41.1.7% think that Mark Ronchetti will win for governor. Just that expectation. If that gets to 50-50, we got ourselves a race. I made the prediction we are going into a runoff post-election. So there's the wrap for first hour, second hour coming at you. Let's continue with Samantha Powers, uh, formerly of the O'Reilly Fact. You might remember her. She used to go back and forth all the time with uh, Bill O'Reilly, who is uh, on at 7 Live uh, here in the Kiva. So uh, let's continue to hear Samantha's powers, uh, how Democrats have a pretty good record on crime. I told you how George uh, a fentanyl, who died of a fentanyl uh, overdose, com uh, <coughs> contracted also, excuse me, Compounded also by alcohol in his system and how that caused re respiratory failure. I've got your glowing uh, text uh, on that. Samantha, take it away. That's done or enough Kirsten. to well, combat that? No, I think they've been very, they've been caught flat-footed on the crime issue because the, the crime issue isn't something that's just happening in Democratic states. In fact, it's happening in Republican states. It's happening at very high rates. Yeah. And Democrats have a pretty good record on, on crime, and yet they're not talking about it. And they, it's in the same way... They have a terrible record on crime. They know it. Uh, all the blue cities, I give it to you, two to one. Twice as much higher crime in the uh, cities like Albuquerque, ranked 21 through 50th in terms of size. We're 32nd uh, in the country in terms of size. We're a sizable city uh, in and of itself. Metropolis isn't, but uh, Albuquerque coming at 32nd. Every single one of those crimes, every single one of those cities, uh, crime is two to one run by a blue mayor. There's a lot of people in this country who believe the Democratic Party supported defund the police, and they didn't, right? And Second lie, uh, right there. This is the stuff that they're running around telling. They absolutely supported defund the police. I just showed you how. That was the whole entire thing. A change is going to come. Uh, George Floyd, all this stuff, they absolutely did, including I have the whole seven-and-a-half-minute uh, tirade by uh, Black Lives Matter uh, basically bullying uh, your mayor, Tim Keller, to support defund the police. They defunded the police in Los Angeles. That's what they were asking to do here. And uh, she repeats it. Supported defund the police, and they didn't, right? And they just don't. No, no, right, right. No, they did. They supported do it. Do a good enough job of explaining. The guy, look, as you saw in Rock of Talk TV, look, look at that, that freeze frame right there. Look at him. He's, his mouth is dropped open. 
Right before that, he rubs his lips together because he knows that it's a lie. A There's a tell. Look at him. Look, look at him putting his lips together. <laughs> I got to keep a straight face because they're sitting there lying for a living. And then the final person who comes on, okay, this African-American from NPR who's looking all official in a horrible looking dress, uh, it, it finishes off Kirsten. Explaining what they believe in part because they have a base that you know has opinions that actually does support defund the police or has differing opinions so they're kind of trying to walk this line but I, I do think that they should have been more aggressive about it because it is something that is it, a lot of people are very concerned about it, it, I, I think she only talks about politics on air there's obviously a person who is not well read who has no depth and who offers nothing but a pretty face and uh, her strong opinions um, that seem to just uh, fly off of uh, out of her mouth. She makes the lies up as she goes along. These pundits are very good at doing this, just sort of uh, believing in their own BS, right? That's exactly what's happening here. Bad issue for them, and Chris, you're right. Demagogues, demo, I mean, Republicans yeah. demagogue this issue. And, and it, so there's the reinforcement part that, uh, hey, look at the way they're using this, and there's a racial tinge to all of this, okay? So bring in the black woman who's going to talk about racism because we're not allowed to criticize crime because it's black and brown people. We should be clear that when you, this is an old playbook, law yep. and yes. order. There he goes, the old playbook. The old, old playbook, you might as well say this is the racist playbook of the Republicans. We've been around for a very long time, and we can't pull race out of that as well. It is a very effective way to talk about race in a way to say, look, be worried. So now you're racist if you decide to go ahead and talk in any way, shape, or form about crime. Do you see that? See how that works? Do you see how they, they contrive this whole entire thing right in front of your very eyes? Basically, uh, you know, <laughs> the whole thing, they did not say defund the police. They're going to demagogue it. They're going to drive it home. And then... Well, it is a very effective way to talk about race in a way to say, look... Be worried about black and brown people and crime, and they have not been subtle in using that sort of language and ads oh, to drive them. Oh, there it is. Okay. I mean, even throwing around words like like ghetto now, you know, this is saying things like that are, you know, supposedly racist. Like, how is the word ghetto racist? You know, the first ghettos that were ever here. I mean, this is what they, they use, and they will not stop. So Gabe Vasquez is set upon all of this stuff, Okay. Uh, this is from back in June. A Democratic congressional candidate backed by Nancy Pelosi attacked U.S. America as America KKK and called for the deconstruction of police and the economy. There it is, front and center, right here in, in CD number two, okay, against uh, Yvette Harrell, who's a stand-up congresswoman uh, from that district. One of the Democratic congressional campaign committee's coveted red-to-blue program candidates won the Democratic nomination, setting him up to face Yvette Harrell. Our victory tonight sends a message that New Mexicans want an authentic representative who puts them first instead of the one who's only interested in playing partisan game. No, that's you, Gabe Vasquez. You're the only one. Vasquez carries baggage that may not sit well with a constituency. We'll pick it up there when we return here in the Kiva. Back in three, you and me on AM 600 KIV, FM.
60th birthday to Anthony Kiedis. Red Hot Chili Peppers here today in the Kiva for your 505 in the 505, or a mix, my mix of uh, music here for the hour. Glad to be here with you. And it's going to be a Red Hot Chili Pepper next Tuesday when uh, Mark Ronchetti uh, defies all expectations of the media, but not of his supporters who are going to get out and turn out big for him to help change this state. Because if I'll tell you what, if it doesn't happen, where, where are we all going? What are we all doing? It's red versus blue for the next two years. And, uh, you know, there will be no Republican Party to speak of uh, in this state either. So a lot riding on this bad boy. And uh, you have to understand that the whole entire narrative on race has crumbled for the left. Okay. And Gabe, Gabe Vasquez is, is case in point, not even showing his face, being masked up. Here's Gabe Vasquez. More pain and suffering for brown families in America, KKKA. Uh, my heart hurts for these children. She's, he's quoting Veronica Escobar. Following the massive undocumented immigration enforcement, many children from those arrested across the state are now left homeless with nowhere to go. Why? Gabe Vasquez there playing the race card. Uh, come on, Gabe. I'm probably more Hispanic than you are. So uh, <clears throat> other things that he has uh, put out there. Black lives matter until we deconstruct and rebuild the systems of oppression that keep black people in perpetual harm. Justice will not be served. He, of course, was there in a Black Lives Matter shirt as he was saying all these things that he's supposed like if you can't even trust him to be the person that he says that he isn't or is or whatever he was doing out there, then how do you trust him as your congressional representative, uh, CD2? Well, he's not going to get there anyway. The latest Emerson poll has uh, uh, Yvette Harrell up 13. So there it is. Vasquez also called for the fundamental power shift in the government, <laughs> starting on the racial lines and made the claim that as long as white folks, li- this is literally him saying this, as long as white folks, mostly men, dominate this nation's wealth, and preside over our nation's governing bodies and judicial system, the racism killing injustice will continue. Gabe, you are a racist. You cannot defeat racism with racism, which is what you are, sir. Pelosi's leadership and political action committee, you know, the fake hate crime that they created up in San Francisco and her own campaign have donated thousands of dollars to Vasquez. I'll bet you when she pronounces uh, Gabe's name, it's, it's Vasquez, right? Additionally, House Majority Pack, which is aligned with Pelosi, has donated to New Mexico Democrat as well. The two PACs and Pelosi's campaign have donated a smidgen of a number, $24,000 to Vasquez, according to the FEC, as of this write-up back in June. Gabe also said, <clears throat> oh man, nativism, nationalism, and the thin blue line, and the symbolism of the Punisher logo, red hats, and the constitutional sheriff's movement Make no mistake, he writes, these tools of propaganda are being used by this administration to divide the American public with racism as its core value. No, that is you. And uh, here is uh, good old Gabe Vasquez uh, talking uh, to defund the police, uh, folks. Just take a listen. I saw a proposal also from Mayor Pro Tem Gandara to bring some supplemental mental health care services to our community that would actually assist first responders, the fire department, the police department, or sometimes actually replace them responding to um, uh, events altogether uh, with licensed psychologists, licensed clinicians um, that, you know, I was disappointed we didn't get further with that discussion at our work session. Uh, But those are the type of things that I'm committed to supporting um, where if we do have to take budget away from uh, a specific department, whether you know be police or otherwise. Oh wait, wait. I'm sorry. What was that? What was that call? I'm sorry. 
Gabe, uh, where were you going with that? Uh, I'm not for defund the police. You don't, aren't you spending thousands upon thousands, millions of dollars on a commercial that's trying to tell people otherwise? What would you say? From a uh, specific department, whether it you know, be police or otherwise. Oh, police. Um, yeah, you want to say I, I don't police, think we police? have to because we have a budget that, that I think we can support that currently. But, but we also have to look at where the inefficiencies are, where the redundancies are, uh, where we would not. Right, have- I can't listen to this uh, BS anymore. So here's a guy spending millions of dollars. He says, the irony of this is the traditional public education has always told a selective history dominated by the white male. Gabe, my friend, you are a racist. There you go, Gabe. Uh, you are out on the record as a racist. He says, the colonialist narrative has omitted this history of all peoples. This is changing. I couldn't be more proud of our school board. You are an idiot and you will not be elected. He also went on to say, uh, strongly supports public safety and the police, but did not address the tweet comparing America to the Ku Klux Klan. His campaign, a campaign manager, Bob Phillips, who apparently must be a white male, told Fox Digital that he supports public safety and the police and uh, did not address the tweet comparing America to the Ku Klux Klan. So we'll leave it all there. Okay. So this whole thing is breaking apart and it's fun. I like this. Okay. The race agenda is on the verge of collapse. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, by the way, congratulations, 31 years, Clarence Thomas. Uh, thank you for being such a wonderful Supreme Court justice. He really is sort of the chief justice. There's a link there talking about exactly why. You know, he didn't make one comment for 10 years inside the Supreme Court, not one. And now he commands, he leads the charge, the Roe v. Wade charge, right, right there. And this is a black man. This is how racist the left is, right? And now they're getting into affirmative action. Two cases there, Students for Fair Admissions versus the President and the Fellows of Harvard as well as Students for Fair Admissions versus the University of North Carolina deal with the question of whether left-wing universities can use race-based hiring practices to promote so-called equity in the racial makeup of classrooms. Originally one case after Justice Kachanji Brown, what did she do? <laughs> she decided to go and recuse herself from the Harvard case because she was a graduate of Harvard Law School. The cases were split into two Jackson, only weighing in on the case involving the UNC. So... Everyone agrees that affirmative action in the NBA would ruin basketball and affirmative action in the NFL would ruin football. Turns out the affirmative action in engineering and medicine has a similar effect. This should surprise no one. Okay, He is referring to, in all this, the Regents of the University versus Bake, B-A-K-K-E. Justice Lewis Powell found that affirmative action admission policies violated equal protection clause of the Constitution, and that's how this got to that point. Okay, so Affirmative action is soon to be gone. Katie Pavlich writes, going to be amazing to watch the freak out when Clarence Thomas votes down affirmative action at SCOTUS. That is going to happen. So big corporations are often preserving race-based admissions policies. Alphabet Inc., Meta Platforms, which of course is Facebook, Apple, all the woke companies that we all use to uh, technologize us, by the way. And here's the numbers, okay? And And I posted all the false information that they're trying to say is these are myths. And the latest uh, Washington Post poll from October 7th through the 10th uh, by way of interactive polls at IA Polls 2022 and dated October 23rd. Would you support the Supreme Court banning colleges, universities from considering a student's race when making decisions about student admissions? 63% would support opposing Supreme Court banning colleges from considering students' race. Okay. Across Democrats, across Democrats, 47% of Democrats, nearly one in two. For the GOP, 74%. 
And on, amongst independents and where it matters, 67%, folks. It's absolutely incredible, okay? Conservative movement has gotten so much smarter in picking judges. Keep in mind some of the liberal justices Republican picked. David Souter, John Paul Stevens, anyone I think Republicans have learned from their past mistakes on all of this. And certainly we have. We've got to get people who are going to be open to interpretation interpretation on things and the right interpretation, the constitutional interpretation to the letter of the law and what discrimination. So reverse discrimination is now being counted in this particular decision. And you can go and look at the stuff that I posted at the very top in with regard to Justice Thomas. That's where we're going to go with the race stuff. Okay. He rejects the lawyer's rationale for using race and admissions diversity. They even have Amy Coney Barrett. She, of course, went to the uh, liberal, uh, quote-unquote liberal, uh, Notre Dame Law School, was, was head up uh, there. Uh, this is the latest coming in from SCOTUS. He dismissed yesterday an argument from a lawyer defending race-based affirmative action policies and said that he doesn't give much weight to the idea that diversity automatically creates better outcomes. During arguments involving admissions policies at the UNC, Thomas asked the Solicitor General Ryan Park to describe the educational benefit to include race as a factor in college admissions. Park responded that in studies involving stock trading results, racially diverse groups of people perform at a higher level. The mechanism there is that it reduces groupthink and that people have longer and more sustained disagreement and that leads to more efficient outcomes. Thomas responded, I guess I don't put much stock in that because I've heard similar arguments in favor of segregation too. Now, here's what you don't understand about Justice Thomas, okay? And all you have to do is click on the link at Rock of Talk News, okay? And you learn about his past. He was a supporter of Malcolm X. He was a very liberal guy growing up. And all of that, he went back to the default mode of constitutional interpretation, and he now leads the court. When it comes to the Second Amendment, okay? He was on top of that. When it comes to Roe v. Wade, he's on top of that. And when it comes to affirmative actions, he is now on top of that. Back after a quick break. hour here great songs apropos for the hour here to give a higher ground there red hot chili peppers uh, i'm playing my favorites not yours i know a lot of the people like californication all that i don't like it that's why we're uh, voting michelle and grisham out uh next tuesday now when you have the truth and all that information is there and then you have the constitutional interpretation you know to the letter of the laws i told you that uh, justice clarence thomas is getting done and, you know, uh, it's a great article that you have to read. Rockoftalk.news is where you want to go to go ahead and grab that. And uh, John Roberts is the chief, but it's Clarence Thomas's court. The SCOTUS blog 
right on that. And by the way, that is copyrighted. Talking about Dobbs versus Jackson and the Women's Health uh, Organization. Uh, talked to WHO, excuse me, Women's Health Organization, the other one, not World Health. Will sharply curtail the doctrine in other areas. Uh, textbook Thomas, it writes, is a concurrence laid the groundwork for overturning the rights to contraception and same-sex marriage as well. Uh, it, it talks about his history, how he was immersed in black nationalism uh, he also uh, grew up in rural Georgia during Jim Crow, so he knows about all this stuff. And, uh, folks, this is something that you definitely have to read, Rock of Talk, Not News, uh, for the link uh, on all of that. Okay, so we have the truth, and when it is the truth, people, they still want their cognitive dissonance. They still want their 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 uh, heuristics. They still want their confirmation bias. They still want all of those things. It wasn't interesting if you were listening to Ground Zero last night, how he was talking about all that predictive programming that I was already giving you here. Like if you were listening to Ground Zero last night, it's like Eddie already talked about all these predictive programming and everything. It's like this is what they're trying to create the expectation of you of things that are happening. You just have to read and pay attention. And I'm sort of glad in a in a large way about me going through a lot of these things because. It forces me to work harder, uh, you know, uh, read more, do more. And that's really been, you know, my focus these last uh, few weeks. So with all that being said, you're the beneficiary of all that. So you're seeing a lot more. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot more everywhere else, too. And that's a good thing because Tucker has been on top of his game. This uh, comes from uh, August uh, when he was talking about big tech and censor speech. So how does the best way to go ahead and muffle the truth, prevent uh, the information coming out, whether it's the FBI or, or the information on statistics or, or how do you go ahead and, and get kicked off of, you know, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, I guess, TikTok, uh, any, any of these platforms, how do you get kicked off of social media is where you say the truth too often and too frequently and just getting too much pull. Now, the great thing about uh, Elon taking over is the fact that many of these statements about Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi were able to stay up there. Those would have been banned almost immediately. That's not happening. Okay. And again, there's the benefit, but here's the collusion and there's some interesting links. I literally went to the Facebook portal and lo and behold, folks, it is there where you can report mis or disinformation. And that's what these liberals have been doing. All the while, they've been getting away with it. Yesterday, I asked the question, where are the last three uh, violent events that happened in Albuquerque? All liberals did it, right? Tommy Lahren, the other guy, the, the conservative that was there. You can go back to and, and look at uh, what happened with the Oñate statue. They're the ones who started all that violence, hitting people with skateboards. The man was trying to defend himself. But, you know, that's the way they see it. And they went after the uh, quote-unquote militia, right, the civil guard. Uh, they will constantly project on us if you allow them to do so, okay? But we have the truth. We have the arguments. And we're very commonsensical. And here's Tucker on this. I want you to take a listen to what's happening in Missouri and uh, how they were able to expose this. Because this is ripping the seam apart so that we can get back to that place. And we, of course, have our own guy who's been involved in that very same thing. And you're seeing this in corporations throughout the country, and here at Sandia National Labs, as uh, Casey Peterson had lost his job. And I posted a link there at the uh, reclaimthenet.org. Sandia Labs employee placed on administrative leave after video critical of the company's re-education program. This is all part of it because you see Apple, Facebook, all the world corporations, including Sandia National Labs, employing their best efforts to go ahead and tell you of a reality, you know, educate you on critical race theory, because that's the way that it is, don't you know? And if you don't agree, then you yourself are racist. So let's talk about how they police us and 
how this was able to be broken wide open because we have the truth, they do not, and Tucker exposes it. So if you thought that maybe all of this censorship was being ordered from the White House, oh, 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 you were not a conspiracy nut. That was not misinformation. The Biden administration ordered social media companies to censor speech in this country. That is a direct violation of the First Amendment. We've already seen White House officials demanded that Twitter censor Alex Berenson. Now, two state attorneys general in the states of Missouri and Louisiana have obtained a lot more proof as part of their lawsuit against the administration. They found emails proving that Facebook and the Biden administration scheduled, quote, monthly disinformation debunking meetings to decide who should be censored. One White House official apparently still has his job, a man called Clark Humphrey, wrote to Meta in July of last year that Meta should take down a Tony Fauci parody account that appeared on Instagram. And we're quoting, hi there, any way we can get this pulled down? In a matter of seconds, a Facebook employee agreed to without even looking at the account. Quote, yep, on it. This is a crime. It's an attack on your most basic civil liberties. It's happening in public and no one's saying anything about it. Eric Schmidt is one of the few who is. He's the attorney general of the state of Missouri. He's one of the reasons we know this. We're grateful that he did it and to welcome him tonight. Um, Mr. Attorney General, thanks so much for doing this. Have we misstated in the intro what you found in any way? No, and this is quite frankly, Tucker, the first time anybody's got a chance to look under the hood, right, of the communications between uh, the the uh, the Biden administration and with their big tech partners in their in their effort to outsource censorship, you know, and violate the First Amendment. And so, I guess the best way to look at this is in two buckets. What do we know from the documents that have already been provided? We know that at least 45 officials, government officials, have been identified as directly communicating with big tech, with Facebook, with Twitter to take things down. They had these weekly censorship meetings. Um, in addition to that, they also uh, were able to establish a uh, uh, a verified flagging status for government officials to directly go uh, and censor. You had the... Uh, so, so that's the dangerous one. That's the link that's there on the New York Post article on Facebook that directly goes to a portal that will allow you in to go ahead and flag something for misinformation. And that's why certain people are getting banned. Okay, that's how I got banned off of Facebook. That's how I got banned off of Twitter, that's how I got banned, had to create all these new things. And then they hand the accounts to other people, even if you are trademarked, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens. A senior official at Facebook directly communicating with the Surgeon General of the United States saying, hey, what can we do? And then a week later coming back and saying, we did that, what else can we do? Um, I mean, they've effectively outsourced their censorship. The second bucket, Tucker, is the things that we don't know. We don't know right now. We know it's at the highest levels of government, but we don't know exactly how high and how wide this goes because the Department of Justice is objecting to uh, discovery to the folks in the White House and they're claiming uh, executive privilege, which is nonsense because we're not even asking for internal communications. We're asking for communications with these third parties. So you have to wonder after they don't want the information to come out for the next 65 years or Seth on Seth Rich or, you know, they want to not allow uh, any sort of uh, invasive request for information or what they would consider invasive. You know, what's really happening in these social media? So my uh, question to all of you is uh, <clears throat> knowing that Big Brother monitors your social media, will you stay on? Uh, so just understand that. Even now that Elon Musk is on it, because now uh, they have their target all in one person and they are going to go after Elon Musk himself. He has the resources to defend himself. 
Um, but at the very same time, he is uh, being, uh, for lack of a better term, blacklisted by every celebrity, every woke person and culture. People are abandoning their Twitter accounts uh, altogether. So we're going to go ahead and have to race and, and become a part of Twitter once again. It's really the only reason uh, why I'm there. Now, what happened over the weekend that preserved your First Amendment rights and your ability to talk about Paul Pelosi and post things the way that you did in the good old days? Well, he limited the employees' access to their Twitter censorship tools, according to uh, Breitbart. Bloomberg reported that his Twitter has frozen employees' access to tools designed to enforce the site's content moderation policies, curtailing the power of employees to ban accounts, remove posts, and other acts of censorship, and what the outlet says is curbing the staff's ability to clamp down on misinformation ahead of the major U.S. election. This helps at a most important time with one week to the election. Via Bloomberg, they say most people who work at Twitter's trust and safety are currently unable to alter or penalize accounts once they break the rules of misleading information, offensive posts, hate speech, except for the most high-impact violations that would involve real-world harm. People who were on the call to enforce Twitter policies during Brazil's presidential election did get access to the internal tools, by the way, 15.9 to 49.1. But in the limited capacity, according to the two people, the company is still utilizing automated enforcement technology, a third-party contractor, according to one person, through the highest profile violations. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Red Hot Chili Peppers, another good song. They are on the other side, and that's going to happen to them all next week. Uh, I had to take a seat, so no longer standing. Uh, that's what happens when you need the bathroom. A uh, little trick there I've learned. Just uh, sit on your legs, and uh, you can hold it for a lot longer. <laughs> when you do a show by yourself, and uh, you've been doing it for a long time like I have, there you go. That's what you got to do. Uh, uh, don't forget, folks, uh, you can get uh, this complete show just by becoming a subscriber to rockoftalk.news with all the notes, all the links of everything that I'm talking about. You can follow along and, heck, whatever you want to do, show prep for you. What do I care? Uh, hey, uh, this whole thing is boiling down to one man maybe having too much power, uh, right? Elizabeth Warren, I think. Did we forget that Elizabeth Warren says billionaires should pay more taxes to help the next Elon Musk? Yes. I'm happy to celebrate success, but let's remember, Elon Musk didn't make it on his own. Oh, where have we heard that before, right? The okie-doke. All that stuff. Uh, Rudy, I'm sure he enjoyed that yesterday when I was doing the whole okie-doke, the bamboozle, the run-amuck routine of uh, Barack Obama, who can't help anybody, including himself. I'll tell you who didn't get there on his own. That was Barack Obama, right? Uh, Elizabeth Warren, how do you feel about Elon Musk? The growing power of big tech. Uh, what do you see in Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter? I see that we need to make two big changes. Ooh. The first one is we need a wealth tax in America. Oh, and let's talk about 
how Elon's purchase here was subsidized by tens of millions of people who've paid their taxes every year. And the second part is we need rules of the road for big tech. But ultimately, what all this boils down to is power. Who's going to have the power in our country? Are we going to make these decisions as a democracy, or is this going to be Elon Musk all by himself, off in a room, a bazillionaire who just plays by his own set of rules? That's really what's at stake here. A bazillionaire. She doesn't even know what a billionaire is. It's a bazillionaire. It's a total idiocy from a, a woman who literally lied about her ethnic background so she could become a tenured professor at uh, Harvard University, right? I like them apples. Not well, uh, right, Elizabeth Warren? Well, the concern is that the social media company, Twitter, which jettisoned the trust and safety arc sensor Vijaya Gadi, as well as the CEO Parang Angawala, I got that wrong, in which some of Musk's first moves may not be able to effectively interfere with the midterms as echoed by the Rolling Stone. Now, the power really has been on the side of the Democrats. They've been able to go ahead and virtue signal re-educate and implement whatever they want to indoctrinate the next generation within the public schools. This is why I told you uh, us, the sandwich generation, Gen X, have to worry about the Gen Y people, not the uh, next generation after that. The Gen Y people are entitled, they're lazy, and they come from the left and the right. They don't like to work. They expect everything to be given to them. Uh, you know, look up what Gen Y is and who they are, and you will no doubt agree. They don't work very hard, folks. So, uh, our own guy, uh, Casey Peterson, who hosts the show one to three on Saturdays, Freedom Families uh, United, uh, was kicked out of Sandia National Labs. Okay, uh, Christopher Rufo exposed Sandia Labs, a U.S. federal government contractor, was re-educating white male employees on racism and white privilege. Rufo's tweets revealed what was going on behind the scenes and described it as a quote unquote civil war. That's right. They went to La Posada. Luxury resort to undergo a mandatory training called White Men's Caucus on Eliminating Racism, Sexism, and Homophobia in Organizations. Just the very type of thing that the people who are tailoring, um, I don't know, uh, censoring, um, doing whatever they can to suppress what they would be considered things that aren't in line with eliminating racism, sexism, homophobia amongst those organizations. Basically restricting your your rights. Now, this is now happening in companies, okay? Southwest Airlines, we're going to talk about that, all right? All this leaked information emboldened employees at the company to speak about the re-education process they were subjected to and how, after making a YouTube video debunking what employees were taught, an employee has been placed on administrative leave for his actions. And that would be, of course, our very own uh, Casey Peterson. So there's an hour link uh, to that talking about George Floyd and talking all about critical race theory and how this is the genesis for all this. And, you know, I'm uniting and tying all these threads together so that you understand how we got to this particular point that the Democrats are running on these things. This is what they're running on. Okay, It'd be hard for me as a candidate to speak about these things in this way, even though I did when I said I was 4.6% black. Nobody came to ask me and nobody tried to verify any of that stuff with me. They just immediately shouted racism because of what my political philosophies were and where I come from. And they immediately, and, and, and the, to, to that extent, they wouldn't even acknowledge the truth to which they already knew that 72% of all black households are what? Are what single parent households with no father in that particular household, and I and I said, okay, well, you know, I didn't have to verify that, but I literally had people attack me 
who came after me and said, well, you should have been able to verify uh, what you were saying there on stage. Oh, really? I didn't need to because it had already been popularized in, in movies. We'd already been talking about it since way back in 2014. And it's a very inconvenient truth for the black community. It is a reality for them, folks. And nothing that you can change, no matter of virtue signaling, and it doesn't make it hate speech if it is what? If it is true, okay? So the freakout that's going on along the, uh, the, the uh, employees of these companies, and you see Meta, uh, Facebook, is getting their a- absolute ass handed to them. People are leaving Facebook in droves. Do you honestly know, did I not famously forecast that uh, Facebook wouldn't even be around in 10 years? I think I'm spot on that. People are also leaving Instagram right now, okay? They're going for the algorithm that is uh, TikTok. Uh, that won't be along uh, very, uh, very much uh, either, okay? So I want you to start thinking about all of this in terms of the context of what they tried to gaslight you and the, all of this stuff was directed and creating hate crimes. So they've literally threaded this all together and then they tried to say that, well, if you believe these things, then you are responsible for the hate crimes. And, you know, we're going to use the same techniques that the left is using. They use the story, the one story, right? And just like they use Alex Jones and David Icke and I don't know, take your pick of whoever they use against us, we're going to use Jesse Smollett against them. And I think that we are well within our rights to go ahead and do it because he is actually a criminal. Jesse Smollett is a gay criminal coming from the left, uh, pushing forward his LGBTQ and racist hoax. And this is what happens when they get exposed, folks, uh, take a look. And Senator Cory Booker said the vicious attack on actor Jesse was an attempted modern-day lynching. Kamala Harris calling the attack an attempted modern-day lynching. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the, about uh, saying that it is a modern-day lynching that... Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Jesse Smollett. Um, Okay, so I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding, and um, I'm very um, concerned about obviously... Well, the information's still coming out, and I'm going to withhold until all the information actually comes out from on-the-record sources. Um, We know in America that uh, bigoted and biased attacks are on the rise. All right, so there it is. So let's uh, do it again. So they want that confirmation bias. They want to fulfill that prophecy. So this is what happens. They try to say that we do things. Well, they do more things on the left than they do on the right. And they project it all the time. And to kick off the six o'clock hour, I'm going to tell you, okay, I'm going to tell you very specifically. And this is why I asked the, uh, the, the question, uh, for you today. Okay. Have you ever been accused of being a racist? The answer is 100%. Yes. You will be accused just because of what you believe. Just for listening to this particular program, you will be considered a racist. That's how far and extreme that they have gotten to all of this at this point. So we're going to pick it up there, and I want to talk more more about that. In fact, I'm sure Rudy wants to hear that one more time because that just all of a sudden just hits you like a ton of bricks. You're, you're like... Harris, uh, Booker, on this whole entire thing, yeah. And Senator Cory Booker said the vicious attack on actor Jesse was an attempted modern-day lynching. Remember, it was a manufacturer attack he created. This is MAGA country, 2 in the morning in a polar vortex where it's 40 degrees below zero. He literally faked that attack after going to Subway. Kamala right? Harris calling the attack an attempted modern-day lynching. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the, about mm. uh, saying that it is a modern-day lynching. Not a good that, look, Kamala. Um, uh, Oh, yeah. Don't look Sorry. around. Don't look for help, lady. Jesse Smollett. Mm. Um, 
Okay, so I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding, and um, I'm very um, concerned about obviously. Well, the information is still coming out, and I'm going to withhold until all the information actually comes out from on the record sources. They never issued a retraction, and neither did Joe Biden on those four Muslims uh, who were killed. Call it a hate crime. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday, The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. That old dog has changed you up all right. Everything you need to live inside a twisted cage Sleep inside an empty rage I had a dream I was your hero Damn, I wish I was your lover I'd walk you till the daylight comes Wait till you are smiling and warm in the 505 with more 411 here for the third hour. I'm Eddie Uragon. The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM RockofTalk.com Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV Podcasting, Stitcher SoundCloud and Spotify as well as Audible. Get an Audible account and uh, don't forget you can download my free apps at RockofTalk.TV RockofTalk.com and uh, become a subscriber at RockofTalk.News uh, formerly RockofTalk.Chat which you can go there as uh, well. All the news that you are getting fully integrated and totally leveraged uh, for a win next week uh, for one Mark Ronchetti to change the state and change things around. It looks pretty good for 
uh, that Harrell up 13, the latest Emerson poll. I broke everything out for you there. I told you how Ron Ketty gets there. Uh, it is there. You are going to show up. And, uh, folks, uh, it is all systems go 168 hours until the 169 hours until the polls close next Tuesday on this day. And I certainly hope that you'll join me for all the election coverage uh, that I will have. This is just like 2016 and Donald Trump. I was there. You were there with me broadcasting uh, 12 and a half hours with Langston Bowens. And I made the call the day before I'd make the call here. Now it will go to a recount. There is uh, no doubt about it because that's the way it's going to have to be on has momentum and will close expect the recount. Biden's visit will hurt governor uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, which is going to be 36 hours uh, from right now. George Floyd died of fentanyl. I showed you how. Government knows your passwords. you got social media in on that. And at some point, you will be called a racist. And we're going to pick it up right there. Happy 58th birthday to Sophie B. Hawkins. Love that woman. Uh, love that song. And uh, uh, it is, uh, she's great. I don't know what it was. It was all those uh, women who were part of, uh, was it Lilith Fair that when they did that? I used to love all that stuff. But that was, uh, that was me maybe at a different time now. I still love it. Uh, I'm not going to get away from it. I'm not going to hold some of their political views against them. Now, I want to talk to you about an article that was uh, written up back in 2019, May 27th of 2019, pre-George Floyd by a year, uh, almost to the day, May 27th, 2019. And uh, the name of the article is How to Interpret Mob Falsely Painted, How an Internet Mob Falsely Painted a Chipotle Employee as Racist. And I'm going to spend some time on this because I'm also going to reference the only thing that I think that Joe Biden has to answer for, okay, is the fact that he denounced the killing of four Muslims as a hate crime. This is written up in Al Jazeera. It's still up. They're doing their very best uh, to go ahead and take this stuff down. Back on the 7th of August of this year, he denounced the killing of four Muslims uh, as a hate crime. I'm angered and saddened by the horrific killings of four Muslim men in Albuquerque, he said on Twitter. While we await the full investigations, my prayers are with the victim's family, and my administration stands strongly with the Muslim community. It was one of their very own. I called it from the beginning. I said, it's internal. It's there. I know it. Bingo, bango, bongo. I nailed it again. Police in Albuquerque said Saturday that they investigated the murders of three Muslims that they now suspect are related to a fourth homicide from last year. I'm angered and saddened. These are hateful attacks that have no place in America. Yeah, they're done within the Muslim community. Well, how do we know that it was going to come from the Muslim community? Because they were already having those problems the year before. Okay. Delaware police said a statement that discovered the latest victim, da da da, near Lutheran Family Services. Police didn't identify the man. So he was in his 20s, Muslim and native from South Asia. Investigators believe Friday's murder may be connected to three recent murders of Muslim men. Two of the previous victims were Muslim Pakistani men, 27 year old, uh, uh, whose body was found in August 1st. Now, I'm, I'm taking all this from Al Jazeera. Okay. Michelle Lujan Grisham uh, uh, tag team with uh, Joe Biden expressing outrage, calling them wholly intolerable since she's sending additional state police officers to Albuquerque to aid the investigation. This is more of the crap that you will get during another four ridiculous years of the worst governor in the history of this state. Michelle Lujan Grisham. We will continue to do everything we can to support the Muslim community of Albuquerque and greater New Mexico. The Council of Economic Relations Care uh, the largest Muslim civil rights group in the United States offer 10K to whoever provides information leading to the killer or the killer's arrest. Just hoping, just hoping. U.S. Uh, Muslim girls murder seen by community as a hate crime. Here's from Al Jazeera. Th- this is the type of thing that they're push- pushing out. Just listen to this. Muslim women on the defensive. Right, so I'm going like this upward and I'm hitting her jaw 
Their attendance in classes like this, organized by the Women's Initiative for Self-Empowerment, has more than doubled since Donald Trump's election. I didn't know, like, waking up the next morning and having to go to school, if that was even a safe option for me. Um, I considered staying home from... He just heard her believing her own stuff, coming from her own media, from her own politicians, from, uh, from, from the lights of Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The same crap that's spewed by them. She believes it, so she's forcing herself to go into self-defense classes. School that day. Even before the election, hate crimes against Muslims were on the rise, nearly 70% in 2015, according to the FBI. And here in New York, the police department says 2016 is shaping up to be even worse. Security cameras caught the shooting of a local imam and his assistant in cold blood this past summer, while reports of hate speech like this are on the rise. you and your family, you terrorist Video you all you want. You're an Arab. You're a loser. Trump is president, Donald Trump's campaign rhetoric and cabinet. So that stuff gets amplified, pushed out, and then they all believe that everyone is like that, okay? Well, that creates the wrong side on the other side, which I'm going to tell you about in this Dominic Moran, okay? It's important that you listen how this stuff just gets weaponized by the left, how Joe Biden, how Michelle Lujan Grisham both weaponized it, to minimal effect because it was all proved to be completely and totally false. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. I can't walk out because I love you too much, baby. Why can't you see what you're doing to me when you don't be away from the election be on the 8th of uh, next week looking forward to that because it looks pretty good and laying the groundwork on this day back in 69 it was the summer of 69 no not then it was november first 69 suspicious mind his first number one single in seven years with a, a nice little link to the story all about suspicious mind it was written by a guy that went down in the nashville songwriters hall of fame uh, the guy's name mark james he also did another very famous uh, Elvis song called You Were Always On My Mind. You Were Always On. There's so many good renditions of that uh, as well, right? You had the uh, Willie Nelson 
uh, version of that. Uh, I don't think that Julio Iglesias, that was the to all the girls I'd love before. So uh, there you go. All right, let me read a few of your texts before I get into this uh, heinous story of what happened to a woman by the name of Dominique Moran. Uh, Eddie, while doors for, for Mr. While walking doors for Mr. Ronchetti have been accused of being white racist and have been threatened of someone even following me around in their truck and approached me at somebody else's house and accused me of taking pictures of voters' homes. I was trying to explain to him very professionally. He didn't believe me, but he told me to watch my back. Um, that's from uh, Patrick the Conservative. Um, you know, what, what I'm basically doing today really is the playbook. You know, this is the Democrat Party playbook. This is what they've been running on. They've been exposed. Nobody better to expose them than a former Democrat, of which I am. So um, I can tell you exactly how they operate. They, they lie, they cheat, they steal. Um, they have no platform to run on. Uh, they run on personality and style, uh, never substance. It, it is a terrible, terrible party, I don't mind telling you, okay? And the level of corruption, they will absolutely sell their mother, brother, sister, husbands, wives down the road if it will benefit them. And they will stay with them if it will benefit them. Uh, in fact, I would say that's the uh, overall theme of the Democrat Party, which is qui bono, who does it benefits? They look at uh, racial lines. They are the most racist people I've ever met. I can make a blank statement uh, on that. Uh, when you get together with white liberal Democrats, particularly of a Catholic educational background, uh, it's unbelievable how far that they will go to to be racist and then say you can't call them racist because they're white liberal Democrat Catholics. Yes, uh, you know those people. I do. <clears throat> Eddie, uh, I've been noticing the incessant MLG commercial interruptions on streaming and online. They're everywhere. You can't click on a YouTube video without Michelle Lujan Grisham and her propaganda. The good thing is that they've jumped the shark. They've overshot it. It looks good for us. I find it ironic that she's been a big supporter of the New Mexico film industry, and now she can conveniently reap their services. I hear so many people turning off her, uh, turning her off in fear of vomiting and her hypocrisy and the ignorant supporters, Eddie. Her mission to get reelected isn't working. Bring her Mr. Magoo, who is the most incompetent president in American history, isn't going to save her. That is true. But she's doing what she does best, wasting time and money on losing causes. New Mexicans are fed up with trying to survive the Democrat mess. It's time to vote Governor Mark Ronchetti to make New Mexico great again. By the way, what's up with the MLG ad where a man is rubbing her shoulders? He gives me the creepy Joe cringe. Let's get Miss Piggy out of here and in a hurry. Today, if something or someone doesn't agree with the Democrat playbook, it is considered racist. Even a black man or a woman who doesn't fall in line, like Clarence Thomas, right? That's crazy. They're called Uncle Tom, huh? Frankly, anyone who has a brain is tired of being unnecessarily attacked, shamed, or bullied for not being or saying or doing something racist. The Democrats try to distort definitions, remove words when they don't fit their agenda. They've sucked the true meaning out of racism and don't even hide it anymore. Let's just continue to be kind to one another and live our lives. Ignore the illiterate, intolerant, controlling idiots, and they will have no other choice but to go away. Great uh, text uh, there. Um, well, I'm working on something that I'm very excited about. I don't know if you've uh, noticed, but I'm uh, back uh, working out again after, um, you know, taking better care and, uh, of myself. You know, I got to say, running for things that put you through hell and being through some of the things that I've been through. But uh, I feel really good uh, today, and I'm at my best uh, when I'm working out. So I'll continue doing that. Uh, Eddie, because Joe Biden is in the process of turning the United States into a banana republic, I believe that it is fitting that the president be greeted by people waving bananas at him when he arrives in Albuquerque. I would not suggest it. You do what you want, do what you want. Just remember that when you're out there, you're also representing all of us. I urge you, I urge you not to go, okay? Do not, 
Do not give that man any more attention than what he needs. The cameras will be directly aimed upon you the moment that you're in front of them. They're just there to make an example of you. That's what they want. The best thing that you could do for them, and it would be the worst thing for all of us, is if something were to happen to either Michelle Lujan Grisham or to Joe Biden that might impact their personal safety. In fact, I would go so far as to say that they would contrive something like that that is going to happen and create a false flag event, okay? They will create a false flag event to draw attention to them, their cause, and to try to do everything they can. I urge you, stay away. Not a one person needs to go there to greet the president, okay? Let's not forget that Mayor Barry never greeted Donald Trump, that Susanna Martinez never greeted Donald Trump, uh, that uh, the liberal governor at the time, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, didn't greet Donald Trump when he came in, that Martin Heinrich didn't greet Donald Like All these people ignored him at every single turn, okay? So we can ignore them. If they ignore Donald Trump, we can go ahead and ignore the president of the United States when he comes in. Please try and uh, do that. I would appreciate that. Uh, hi, Eddie. Some good news. I saw that Benjamin Netanyahu may have won enough seats to get back in power. That is quite the man sharing my afternoon with you as usual. Thank goodness. Have a good evening. That's from Judy in Rio Rancho. Thanks, Judy. Hi, Eddie. Uh, well, the knee to the neck sure didn't help, especially since uh, George Floyd was having breathing problems. On video, it all looks inhumane. All of those aff affectations add up for sure, though. Yeah, I can tell you exactly what it is because I just proved it to you. You got all the write-up directly at rockoftalk.news, uh, so make sure that you guys look at that. Disagree with me all you want, folks. I can tell you exactly what happened and the information that's already out there prior to George Floyd, uh, quote-unquote, uh, being murdered, right? No, he did it to himself. Eddie, what do I need to set up my Let's Go Brandon signs to welcome Bozo Biden to Mexico? Hot sauce. No, dude, don't do it. Don't waste your time. Stop. If your time's not worth more that you want to go wasted on the president of the United States who's coming into town, they want you to give them that negative attention. That's what they're trying to draw you to do. Stay away. Please urge others to do the very same. Uh, Eddie, it's never too late to begin in Novena. Begin today on the ninth day is the day after the election. The country will benefit from all of our efforts. Remember, there is a lunar eclipse on the ninth of, uh, excuse me, on the 8th of November. So just remember, I will address that uh, coming uh, next Monday. It's very important. These celestial things are not necessarily out of sorts. Don't forget, it's also nearly 50 years since the last man who I'm in touch with walked on the moon, and I'm uh, very excited to uh, talk with him very soon. Now, let's talk about suspicious minds, uh, shall we? Dominic Moran knew something was wrong as soon as she awakened that Friday morning. She turned on her smartphone. I'm going to read this in its entirety. We're going to blow through the break, okay? I want you to listen how this happens. This was printed up by CNN. She turned on her smartphone and saw the first of what would become a barrage of texts and voicemails. Are you okay? I just wanted you to know that there's a video of you going around with you and this person. Hey, you're on Twitter. Another shouted. Only the night before, Moran was an unknown 23-year-old student in St. Paul, Minnesota. She'd moved there from Southern Cal to attend college on a softball scholarship. Living alone in a new city, she worked at the Chipotle to make ends meet and attended a Lutheran church. That morning, though, she discovered that she'd become someone else. Strangers were calling her nasty names on social media. Her photo was plastered all across the internet news sites. A video was circulating online, and she was its villain. In it, she could be seen refusing to serve a group of black men at the restaurant the previous evening. Her notoriety spread so quickly that her mother called from California the next day. What happened? What did you do? Slow down, Moran told her. This is a backstory. We're, 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 we're good. But Moran didn't feel so good hanging up. Her body went numb. She took deep breaths. She felt a panic attack coming. She then fell from her chair and collapsed. As she gathered herself, 
on her apartment floor, she reached for the only form of solace she could think of. She started to pray. Just about every week, we see the same story. Someone takes a jittery smartphone video of a white person caught in the act of doing something that's labeled racist. An army of online commentators mobilizes. The video goes viral. The person in the video is publicly shamed, often losing a job or being ostracized by the community. His or her name becomes a hashtag for hate. The circulation of these racist outrage videos is so common that they become an online version of background noise. The socialist scientist Eugenia Siafera says that they often trigger, quote-unquote, ambient digital racism. Racially toxic online posts from ordinary people that are so commonplace that they no longer shock. Yet there's a part of the story that is rarely told because it is not as common. What happens when you are falsely accused of being a racist in a video? How does your life change after you've become a racist meme? How do you handle your own outrage? For the last six months, Moran has been trying to answer those questions. She was dubbed online as the racist bitch. The video of her November confrontation was watched at least 7 million times and retweeted at least 30,000 times within two days. The incident was covered by media organizations such as ABC News and Fox News. Chipotle fired Moran after the video went viral. Soon after that, she would be vindicated. But while the internet mob moved on, she could not. She has not. Life is really difficult, she said. Everything has changed for me. She talks as if she's experiencing some digitally induced form of post-traumatic stress disorder. Mood swings, anxiety. She sometimes recoils when someone tries to take a smartphone video or a picture of her. In conversation, Moran excludes a mixture of defiance and vulnerability. She often alludes to her faith and says, God has a plan. But she doesn't know what the plan is for her just yet. At various times, she wanted to be a teacher, a cook, a writer introspective and a bit melancholy. Rand draws portraits and writes poetry in her spare time. Rand says she spent a lot of time alone because of the viral video. I don't really have a desire to meet new people right now, she says. I feel drained of all energies. Maybe, though, there's something to be learned from her pain. It's been said that while a lie will go around the world while the truth is pulling its boots on, that a dad has never been truer than when the entire online audience is, as one critic put it, perpetually primed for outrage. Could anything have prevented Moran's public shaming? And why did it spread so quickly when there were warning signs from the beginning? There were three factors at play that made her story so disturbing, one of which offers some hope. Number one, the power of confirmation bias. Started about 10 minutes before the closing time on a Thursday night. Listen carefully. This is good. A group of about a half dozen young black men walked in, chatting loudly amongst themselves while aiming smartphone cameras at all the Chipotle employees. They're back, one of Moran's colleagues told her as the men streamed into the food line. Moran recognized two of them. Only two days before, she said, their credit cards had been declined when they lined up to pay. She had also been warned about them not paying before and seen video footage of them dining and dashing. They had ordered their food in the takeout line, given the cashier credit cards, and then dashed with all their food after the card was declined. You got to pay because you never have the money when you come in, Moran told them. The men erupted in indignation. At least one started recording. She's making crazy accusations. Y'all racist. We got no money. When Moran returned home that night, she was drained. Men made so much noise, she had a headache. She called the police twice to defuse the situation, but it seemed like forever before they even arrived. Plus, there was something she she says that she didn't want the men to see. When she handed her business card to one of them after the police arrived, she said he laughed and taunted her when he saw her hand. It was shaking. I cried a lot, she says, just kind of broke down. Her ordeal was only the beginning. 
At 9.49 p.m. that night, one of the men posted a video of the confrontation on Twitter. He has not responded to several interview requests from CNN. Along with the video, he posted this caption, quote-unquote, Can a group of young, well-established African-Americans get a bite to eat after a long workout session? It went viral. Online commentators pounced. National media picked it up. It fit into a pre-existing narrative that was already there. It seemed to be another example of a new form of racial profiling being caught on video. Social media landscape had been filled with accounts of white people accosting black and brown people in public for everything from wearing white socks at public schools to barbecuing in a park. Here, it seemed, was another act of public humiliation. Moran, however, never thought she would be news. She didn't even think she was actually being filmed. I didn't think they would do any of that what they did she said it never even crossed my mind that it would be about racism it never crossed her mind that her story would go viral either moran wasn't a big social media user at the time she says she didn't even have a twitter account she had stayed away from her phone right after the incident and uh, when she did hear from friends she thought interest in the video was confined to just saint paul but when her mother called moran knew the video had gone national we're not racist she responded after her mother flooded her with questions Moran's mother is so still disturbed by what had happened that she declined to speak to CNN for the story. Moran's sister, Elizabeth Perez, recalled how their mother reacted to the video. I remember her breaking down, Perez said. She cried. She was like, I don't want people hurting my daughter. There were obvious holes, though, in the emergency online narrative. Start with the basic question Perez asked her after she noticed the way people kept referring to her sister in online discussions. When they said racist white woman, I was like, my sister is not even white, Pettis said. I was just so confused. The incident was framed as a white person's humiliation of black men, but Moran is Mexican-American. Still, many people kept identifying her as white as the story spread. Why didn't someone notice she wasn't white as the video rocketed around social media? For the same reason so many people were quick to believe Jussie Smollett when the actor reported being attacked by two white men wearing Make America Great Again hats said Joel Mathis, a columnist for The Week magazine. It's called confirmation bias. People are predisposed to uncritically accept stories that line up with pre-existing beliefs, he says. Smollett was recently indicted on 16 felony counts of making false police reports. Charges later dropped by prosecutors, Smollett still maintains his innocence in a column about the actor Mathis wrote. We all think that we are rational creatures, but the truth is that most of us believe that evidence that confirms our beliefs and filter out our contradictory facts. When a story comes along that so neatly fits our preconceived expectations, we're ready to give it credence. Maybe when maybe the best thing to do is to exercise just a little bit of caution. But caution doesn't get you clicks on the internet. Why pause to see if a sensational video is true when you can quickly post it and get attention with a snarky comment? The second reason here is the power of internet mob justice. As their video made the rounds on social media, people started stalking Moran on social media. They left messages. I hope you never get another job. You racist bitch. You dumb whore. Moran choked up when she recalled one social media stalker's words. She said he threatened to burn her grandmother's body and send it to her in a bag. Some of the worst threats that have been deleted from users' accounts. I got really afraid. I didn't know how I felt, she says. I was overwhelmed. What does this really mean? Why me? Why would, what would inspire someone to talk to a stranger that way? It's because rage has become the fuel of online discourse. Critics accuse President Trump of normalizing racism by referring to Mexican immigrants as rapists and African nations as asshole countries. But Moran discovered that some people on the left can be just as vicious when they denounce racism. 
The criticism became so relentless that Moran began to wonder if they were right. Maybe she deserved it. An old habit resurfaced. I've been the type of person to assume guilt, to put myself down and have anxiety and depression and allow it to consume me, she said. Her depression deepened when Chipotle fired her after the video went viral. The decision broke her heart. I felt embarrassed, she said. Nobody wants to be called a racist in front of the world. Moran became the victim of one commentator called, quote, Internet Mob Justice. The writer, Eric Karen tells the story of a man who snapped a selfie for his kids at a Target store in Australia while standing next to a Darth Vader. May the fourth be with you, display. Another woman thought he was actually taking a picture of her children. She snapped a photo of the man and posted it on Facebook in hopes the, quote, creep would be, quote, caught. Facebook users started calling the man a pedophile. It didn't matter that he was snapping a selfie for his own kids. He started to receive death threats. The man's life was completely upended by the mistake, Kane said. But the truth is unimportant in online shame culture. Kane wrote, because whoever is most outraged wins. It goes on and on, Karen said. People are accused publicly, called out on social media, pictures are posted, rumors are circulated, jobs are lost, reputations damaged. Sometimes the people being slammed and shamed aren't bad people, but always the shaming circumvents due process, proceeds through justice, and serves to mainly inflate the sense of self-importance and egos of its progenitors. Still, Moran would, be, would get a lucky break. An unlikely person would take on the internet mob for her. The internet could destroy, but it could also save. All you need is one person with a question. Two days after the video went viral, Moran got another car from her mother. People are on your side now, she said. Moran's reputation was salvaged by a stranger. He decided to ask the question no one else seemed to ask watching the video. His name? Andrew Hallworth. And he immersed in the internet culture. Hallworth is a chatty, jovial news junkie who works in supply chain analytics for a distribution company. He devours news sites and Twitter. When he first spotted the Chipotle video, the racist angle didn't make sense to him. Rand wasn't the only person in the video suspicious of the young, blacks, uh, young black men's intentions. He noted, so were her co-workers, who were all people of color. What were the chances of all of them being racist? Hallworth did a quick Google search of the man who first called out Moran on his Twitter page. He discovered that the man had allegedly tweeted several times about dining and dashing at other Chipotle and other restaurants. That's when the red flag started going off, Hallworth said. He posted findings on Twitter and started taking on people accusing Moran of racism. Hallworth said he couldn't stand to see Moran publicly crucified. The internet mob is so powerful. Mob is so powerful, he says, for such a for so as much good as it can do in the sense of fundraising and getting the word out. It can destroy, it can manipulate. It can literally ruin people's lives in a matter of seconds. Others followed Hallworth's leads. An online army formed to take on the mob. Defenders responded to critics with posts displaying the dine and dash tweets. Someone started an online petition to help Moran get her job back. Another started a GoFundMe page for her. The anger started shifting to the men who called Moran a racist. At least one person even sent a tweet to the man who posted the original video. Yeah, thanks, uh, F, uh, thanks for effing over the future of black people that actually will deal with racism. For you to turn this into some sort of joke to ruin this lady's life is disgusting. The media also picked up on the new narrative. It reprinted the tweets boasting of dining and dashing and quickly ran the series of stories that seemed to vindicate Moran. One from Hamidi Ahmed. I supported you guys until you were exposed for leaving without paying. The manager was fired because of the fake story you created. Now she got a job offer at Chipotle again. Hope you guys learned from this. Thank you to all who signed the petition. I've experienced racism, Hamidia said. So many times it's traumatizing. I want every American to fight racism. I hope people don't use stories like this to discredit our own experiences with racism. Rand ended up seeing some good in the online world. She has since exchanged messages with Hallworth. She says she shares her Christian faith. 
it was totally unreal experience that this person had an urge out there to just dig a little deeper. He didn't really have to do that. He did that for a stranger. Her experience brightened even more. Chipotle called her. They wanted to know if she wanted a job back. Moran celebrated by going to Twitter. She writes, racism is a real issue that I do not take lightly. She posted shortly after starting her account. Racism must be addressed. But what happened here was just wrong. Falsely accused and in return, cut off from a goal that I worked hard for. Today, I was officially offered my job back. I'm truly grateful for all their support. Moran, however, didn't accept Chipotle's offer. She said strangers believed in her more than her former employer. They discovered the truth before my own company did. When contacted about the incident, Chipotle spokesperson Lori Shallow emailed CNN, our former manager did not accept the offer for reinstatement. We won't be commenting any further on the matter. Rand would move back to Los Angeles to live with her family. And she's back in the restaurant business, working part-time while studying to sell life and health insurance. Still, sometimes she wonders, can people be trusted? Should I even risk taking photos of my family members? What if someone recognized me in public? She remembers how unsettled she felt from a customer at a clothing store that she used to work for recognized her from that video. There's another question that gnaws at her as well. When a crime is committed, someone is supposed to say, someone is supposed to pay, excuse me, but where's justice for me? She's received no apologies from any member of the internet mob that stalked her. No contrition from the anonymous commentators who branded her racist, called her names and threatened her own safety. She knows she's not the only one who's been falsely labeled a racist. There's still people out there who have to continue living with the embarrassment of this thing, and people just go on with their lives, she says. Nor will she be the last. I share that, obviously, because the confirmation bias and the virtue signaling comes from the left, and how it impacts people directly, and how so much of this stuff is so incredibly false. That, that story moved me to tears the first time that I read that. And so I had to share that with you, and I thought it was the final piece to what we know as part of the Democrat playbook, okay? We know that Joe Biden, what he's been out there doing, peddling and pushing and race baiting, we saw the same thing from Obama, okay? We know that they tried to change the whole entire narrative to decriminalize the criminals themselves. We know about the Democrats, we can't even call something a crime because for fear of being called a racist, you no longer have to worry about that. When you see a crime, you call it a crime. They wanted to defund the police. We know that's what Black Lives Matter was all about. They leveraged the internet mob. They leveraged the power of saying something louder, more emphatically, more emotionally, to go ahead and get you to feel some level of guilt for something that you never even did. So many of you are walking around with woke white guilt for no reason, literally. Maybe you're a little bit square. Maybe you're a little bit cumbersome. Maybe you, you, you don't know how to handle cool situations, or whatever. but that doesn't make you a racist. And for someone to say that uh, you aren't something because of how you're unable to sort of <clears throat> ingrain yourself in a culture that you weren't brought up with doesn't make you less than other people or less cool. Censorship has come in, been layered. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the rest of this stuff. To just say it's something more frequently, louder, and to get as many people to say it as possible, thereby making it right. That's what it goes by mob rules, folks. And then, of course, you have the politicians themselves who oftentimes jump on those to gain as much popularity as they can and jump on the front of this without actually getting to the bottom of it. And that's exactly what happened with Corey Harris and Booker. Or excuse me, not Corey Harris, uh, Kamala Harris and Booker. Take a listen one more time. Senator Cory Booker said the vicious attack on actor Jesse was an attempted modern-day lynching. Kamala Harris calling the attack an attempted modern-day lynching. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the, about uh, saying that it is a modern-day lynching that... Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> yes. 
Jesse Smollett. Um, Okay, so I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding, and um, I'm very um, concerned about obviously... Well, the information's still coming out, and I'm going to withhold until all the information actually comes out from on-the-record sources. Um, We know in America that uh, bigoted and biased attacks are on the rise. That's how you know that's as far as they will go on any of this stuff. They will never admit that they were wrong on any of it. She didn't get an apology. You shouldn't expect to get an apology, but it doesn't mean that she go ahead and amplify and play into this, folks, okay? It's not selling. It's not resonating. It hasn't worked. And all the race baiting and all the decriminalization of the crimes that has gone on has failed. And you're going to see all that take place next week as we take the House, as we take the Senate, and we take the governorship. Back after a quick break for our last segment. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out You've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now And all the roads we have to walk are winding And all the lights that lead us there are blinding There in the Kiva with Wonderwall. It was back on this day in 68. Apple Records released Wonderwall music from George Harrison, the first Beatles solo album coming out of the Beatles. So many things to talk about here on this day, getting you ready for the election. If you haven't voted already, please do so as quickly as you can and uh, make sure that your votes are all count on this day one year ago. That's right, folks. 9,000 New York City workers on leave as the vaccine mandate take to, uh, took effect under de Blasio. And then it was uh, all removed, uh, come with the, the new Democrat uh, who uh, took office. Uh, hard to believe that that's what it took. Also, uh, all these firefighters, they were out. Like they were being, I don't know, they were going to get $500 if they took the shot that, that went to end their life. They were on unpaid leave for refusing to comply with the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Thousands of city fires, firefighters called in sick in the apparent protest over the, the requirement. Also, the uh, global death toll at the time uh, for COVID-19 topped 5 million. There's a map that has absolutely everything country by country. The United States has, uh, is one of the very few, I think only countries that has over a million deaths uh, as attributed and that's how you know it's become uh, political and you find all of africa <laughs> like literally only hundreds in in certain in certain places okay 
it's it's crazy. The Congo, like 113 deaths. You're like, what what's going on here? How did it not impact them? I thought it was impacting people of color more. It's like, oh yeah, the fact that they distributed ivermectin everywhere and it was illegal here, 70,000 doses taken off and said, nope, don't take it. We want you to take the shot. That's what this is all about. It was a extinction level event that is uh, planned for your future. And folks, that's what they want you to do is they want to continue to go ahead and get you back. So that is not conspiracy theory. That is truth. Uh, the sudden onset of SADS, sudden adult death syndrome that is occurring. And uh, we should also talk about uh, myocarditis and a number of people who say, well, what's uh, natural causes? And you find out that they are vaxxed. Uh, on this day in history, on November 9th, uh, by the way, East Germany opens the Berlin, Berlin Wall in full. Well, it was back in 1989 on this very day, November 1st, East Germany re reopened its border with Czechoslovakia, prompting tens of thousands of refugees to flee to the West. So take, out, take a look at all the links. Uh, you'll find everything vertically integrated, including the uh, stuff with Clarence Thomas there, all relating to things uh, of today. Happy birthday to Tim Cook. Uh, he is the CEO, graduate of Duke University of uh, Apple CEO. Also, uh, drummer Rick Allen. He's the one-armed drummer of uh, Def Leppard, 59 years of age. Also, Tony Collette, who I happen to enjoy quite a bit, the Aussie. Uh, she has uh, started a movie called Hereditary, uh, probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. Also, Little Miss Sunshine. I'll give you all the information on the uh, poll question from the Rock of Talk, which I believe, let's see if it's still 100%. Let's see if anybody doesn't believe that. Um, nope, still 100%. Uh, there it is. 100% uh, of you believe that Mark Ronchetti is going to uh, win next week. Our five questions, will Trump hurt Ron Kenny more? Will Biden-Harris hurt Michelle Lujan Grisham more? I think I've answered that. It's Biden-Harris who will hurt Lujan Grisham a lot more. Please welcome him in. Did George Floyd die because of the knee to the neck or because of fentanyl? Directly because of fentanyl. Uh, that You just click the link and read up about it, how that all happened. Um, you got to go back to other types of medical records because those are things that they did not test for. Uh, knowing that Big Brother monitors your social media, will you stay on? Well, that's up to you. I hope that, uh, you know, if anything, you may be giving Twitter a try, but all the rest, I'm not sure. I might jump back up on TikTok, but I don't really know. And have you ever been accused of being racist? Well, of course you have. In fact, uh, my best friend who was uh, Muslim, Zakir Hussein, uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, accused me of that. I literally, the moment he said that, I never spoke to the man again, despite him saying, oh, no, I take it back. I said, you call me a racist. Uh, there's nothing else there. Uh, it's the same thing with the Godwin principle. Uh, Godwin uh, rule is uh, you call somebody a Nazi uh, when you have nothing else to argue. And you cannot beat. He was very upset that I was not supporting Barack Obama. He couldn't figure it out how me as a minority could not support uh, Barack Obama. I supported McCain at the time. That was in 2008. I also moved out of the house that I was renting from him uh, the next month. I said, okay, well, some, you don't want a racist thing in your house, do you? So let's uh, get to the final thing, and that is the whole thing about um, visiting, revisiting affirmative action. That's what's going on. That uh, uh, basically ends everything, okay? That ends all this talk about race. I think it puts a final capper if this can get done in the Supreme Court. Uh, take a listen. This is what's going on in the Supreme Court right now. The Supreme Court will review two cases challenging college admission policies regarding race. For more on this, Tom Dempsey joins us live again from Washington, D.C. Hello again, Tom. 
Yeah, good morning again, Mitch. Later this morning, right around 10 a.m. Eastern time here in D.C., justices will begin hearing oral arguments in these cases, all dealing with affirmative action. At the core of these cases is the question of whether or not race should be a factor in a student getting into a top university or college. Supporters of affirmative action say that, you know, college campuses should be a very diverse uh, population, student population and one that brings a wide range of perspectives. But opponents, though, argue that this sort of policy brings unlawful racial discrimination. Two separate cases, again, will be heard in front of the Supreme Court later this morning. One involves admissions at the University of North Carolina and focuses on alleged discrimination against Asian American and white students. UNC does consider race among many other factors in admissions, but the group Students for Fair Admissions argues that that is unconstitutional. Admissions at Harvard will also be part of this, specifically the treatment toward Asian American students. Students for Fair Admissions has cited Harvard data that it says shows Asian American applicants faced higher odds of getting into the school versus white, black, and Latino students with similar qualifications. In the past, the Supreme Court has upheld affirmative action policies, but the makeup of this court, with the majority considered conservative, brings some expectations that the court could strike affirmative action down. All right, so there you go. Those are the two cases that are there. Uh, Alito uh, claims... Uh, to be, uh, he identifies as Native American, Justice Alito. And uh, then you have uh, John Roberts, who's the chief justice. They both snap at the Harvard lawyer. And then, of course, I've already given you the information on what Clarence Thomas has essentially said. And it's time that we stop using race. I should state uh, emphatically, uh, I might add, that uh, I never had to worry about my race as being the deciding factor. In fact, if anything, it may have been used against me but I don't have to say that, uh, oh, because I was Hispanic, I got this or I got that. Quite the, quite the opposite. I would also say that, uh, by and large, in the Republican Party, you know, I've been discriminated against by certain racists within the Republican Party who have, you know, gone out on a limb and didn't want me representing, you know, certain things. So there's still a little bit is that element. But I would rather fight not on behalf of minorities, but on, on behalf of America. And we will get to that point when we do. When, we do. when I got my degrees or my admissions into whatever college. And I think, you know, I speak for any of you, you want to know that you got it on your own without any help or a leg up, or you never want someone to say, oh, well, he only got this, this, he's only a doctor, he's only a lawyer, he's only this person because of his racial background. I mean, I think it's probably the very worst part of society using race in any way, shape, or form, something that you cannot even determine yourself as a way of uh, offering you a benefit or an advantage over somebody else. You want to beat somebody straight up, at least uh, I do, and I'm very competitive. Now, I went to sort of, you know, to want to talk about this locally because I think of some of the most competitive places, and I, I used to love the fact that St. Pius X, my school where I graduated from, consistently had more, you know, appointees uh, to the Air Force, to the Navy, um, you know, the Naval appointments, and then, of course, uh, to the uh, Army Academy at West Point. I mean, people cons- consistently got it from, uh, St. Pius X. We also scored consistently higher on the AP exams uh, as well, which was a big deal. And we had significant number of minorities versus the minorities that they had over at Albuquerque Academies. Now that one, of course, was back in the day. And I should also tell you that the Albuquerque Academy is a very woke institution. Okay. And, in, and I would say it is a lesser of all of the, um, educational institutions here 
I would not even say that it is in the top five. I, I would put Boski Prep ahead of that. I would put Sandia Prep ahead of that. I would put Hope Christian School ahead of Albuquerque Academy. I would put, obviously, uh, St. Pius X. And then you take in another independent uh, school of your choice. And all above Albuquerque Academy. But these are people in the Northeast Highs, uh, by and large, who feel like they're spending a good amount of stuff. Now, I'll tell you sort of where it comes down that really kind of kills their educational prowess is when they you know, prioritize uh, certain types of group. And one of the big things that they do over there is they do a lot of Black Lives Matter. Now, I pulled their uh, particular newspaper. Uh, it's called The Advocate. Uh, immediately, when you think of The Advocate, first thing you think of uh, what is, of course, you know, LGBTQ, gay rights, and all these types of things. Now, um, St. Pius will soon be competing with Albert Academy, admitting 6th and 7th graders. Let's take a quick hit at the top of the hour. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday, The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. All right, and we're back uh, here in the Kiva last uh, five minutes before Bill O'Reilly. And uh, they have this thing called Black Lives Matter Resources. Okay. And at some point, these, these types of things that have racial overtones, and, and I went through the whole list of the different types of parents, I mean, different types of kids, and at the very front and center is a graduate from St. Pius X who's at the very front who's talking all about exactly this. And who is he? Well, let me preface it by saying all resources were found on the New Mexico United Professional Soccer Team website. We're beyond appreciative of the work they put in to give New Mexicans a list of anti-racism educational resources. Uh, the way to phrase that would be you are looking at only pro-racism educational resources. Local and national nonprofits that donate and volunteer with and black-owned local businesses and artists to support. Please do your part by utilizing this page to help combat racism and your own biases. So I would hope that you'd understand that if you are patronizing or, you know, going to any of these places on the basis of racism alone, that these people need help, or you're going to patronize a black-owned business, or you're going to patronize any of these things, that you do understand that you are a racist, Okay. So for all of you who didn't think that you were racist before, I'm telling you now that you are. If you are patronizing a business because it is a black-owned business, you are a racist. And all that's going to be the same, the same type of thing with affirmative action. It's not going to stand up constitutionally. If you got admitted into an institution based upon your race, that institution itself is racist. Okay? Understand that. that that's, you can't argue with that. You can't quibble with that in any way. Okay, so there the advocate puts this stuff out. Take to the streets. If you or know someone who is arrested while protesting, Senator Jacob Candelaria is offering free legal representation. And they have it, uh, Jacob at jacobcandelaria.com. Yeah, he's the guy that uh, never got tested for DUI but crashed in total three cars, recently re resigned to Senate, uh, working to get Mo Maestas installed. As a, yeah, that kind of thing. Here it is. Welcome to Blackdom, the ghost town that was New Mexico's first black Selma. It's actually a pretty interesting story. Blackdom is uh, down near Roswell. Very interesting. Let's see. Following book titles are available through many avenues. We suggest finding a local bookstore. This is high school kids, okay? How to be an anti-racist. So you want to talk about race. They can't kill us. Ferguson, Baltimore, and the new era of America's racial justice movement. When they call you a terrorist, Black Lives Matter memoir, okay? <laughs> then it donates at the very top, George Floyd Memorial. Brianna Memorial, Ahmoud Memorial, Reclaim the Block, Innocence Project Committee to Protect Journalists, Black Trans Travel Fund, Black Trans Tra Travel Fund, Equal Justice Initiative, Nina Pop Mental Health Recovery, Tony McDade Mental Health, Tony McDade Fund. 
Then they have local university scholarship funds at the University of New Mexico. Trayron Briggs, Community Impact Scholarship, African-American Student Services, Alfred Matthewson Scholarship, Men of Color Initiative, Josephus, Josephus Long Scholarship Fund. New Mexico State University Black Program Scholarship uh, Announcement. Then they have volunteering. New Mexico Black, Black Leadership Council. New Mexico Office of African-American Affairs. Uh, would they know that the Office of African-American Affairs and um, very interesting, used to give me money. That's right. Why did they give me money? Because we hosted the Office of African American Affairs radio program here recently. But, but Eddie Aragon's racist, or we're racist, right? So black, uh, support black-owned local businesses. Frank's Famous Chicken, Rude Boy, Nexus, 50-50, Mr. Powdrell's, Taste of the Caribbean, Bobby's Homestyles, Q's Cakes. Did you know that Q actually had her first advertisement? I gave it to her free of charge, a little bit of trade. Uh, Quinisha's a great woman. I love her. She's from Bronx, New York. She still does my kids all his cakes and everything. But Q's Cakes and Sweets Boutique. Oh, Eddie's a racist. Let's see. Green Jean Vegan Cafe. Beats Juice Bar. Chemo's Hawaiian Barbecue. Spellbound Syrups. Hollow Spirits. Uh, talking Drums. Big Papas. Uh, also Growers Markets as well. And then all the uh, wellness and beauty places. Retail, arts, and entertainment. Support black, uh, support black artists. It's literally uh, pulling every single black artist that's, at, that, that's out there. So I want you to understand, okay, as we sort of wrap this type of thing up, they have had enough of a push for all these types of things. I think it's time that we get away from what they have virtue signaling and been pushing this type of stuff out, okay? This is something that has absolutely failed, and it will fail now with affirmative action, and it will be over. Gabe Vasquez attacking... United States is America and to defund the police so you can decriminalize decri uh, criminals that are out there. Uh, trying to do these woke things that are trying to do critical race theory, teaching people that they're racist when they are indeed not. Okay, uh, Joe Biden should have to apologize for the uh, fact that he called all the four Muslim killings a hate crime without first understanding what that kind of thing is. And the Albuquerque Academy should tear down the advocate page that has them advocating exclusively for only one particular race. How do the rest of the races feel about all of that, okay? And I deserve an apology for uh, being misquoted by the African-American community and basically saying we'll do anything we can to prevent you when I myself have, uh, you know, what, whatever it is. What happened to one drop of blood thing on, on all this? I want you, I'm going to pick this up tomorrow uh, where we're at, and we're going to continue on this and invite other people, share rockoftalk.news, get people involved with what I'm talking about so that you guys understand what is happening to you and how you're being broken down to feel guilty, to feel like you have to join the other side on all this. It's time that we stand up for New Mexico. It's time that we stand up for what we believe in. Let's get Mark Ronchetti elected, okay? Don't let these things uh, sort of detour and curtails into something else. Let's go straight to Bill O'Reilly right now. Thanks, everybody. See you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m., right here in the Kiva.